Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. Tonight, you're listening to episode 141, and we are returning to a concept from a couple of years ago where we are going to be reevaluating the Oscars. I think I forgot, Frank, that we called this the second take. <clears throat> uh, with our numbers theme, uh, that was a surprise to me. So we're this we're going all the way back to like episode, I don't know, like in the 60s or 70s or something. Um, but tonight, where we did the late 70s previously tonight and focused mostly on best film, uh, we're going to focus on pretty much everything from the years 1990 to 1995 uh, in terms of when the films were made and released. So this is going to cover the uh, 63rd annual Academy Awards to the 67th um, from the years 91 to 95, if you're following along like on Wikipedia or something. We're watching um, all the movies simultaneously as we talk, about, <laughs> as we talk right. which would be which would be a feat <laughs> it would um <clears throat> yeah spoiler warning we did not watch all rewatch all these movies <clears throat> um although oddly enough there's only like i think there's only like maybe like out of all of them less than 10 that i haven't seen probably and I, i'm not sure about you but i'd like to actually note that at some point during this because i i think you have really only a couple that you haven't seen out of all these different nominees uh i think i'll keep a tally as we're going along yeah that's fine um so i wanted to do the 90s very specifically for the year of 1994 the 67th academy awards i've been wanting to talk about that academy awards for a long time because that's when i really became kind of invested in the oscars probably the most um as a as a, as a teenager but um really interesting years leading up to that as well uh once i started looking through it and i would say like this and the late 90s is probably like your biggest heyday would you say frank yeah, but let me say this, like, there's a lot of garbage, like, in this time period, so. Especially the early 90s, I agree, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, there, I, <clears throat> I saw a lot of these movies either in the theater or on VHS, like, right around their release, mm -hmm. um, but during this time is when I was mostly watching, like, old stuff. Right. This was a time where I was really focused, um. On some of like the art house stuff, but mostly like seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties horror would have been my, you know, the big thing that I was watching, especially ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, until I started driving, and then once I was able to drive, I just went and saw like a bunch of movies all the time. Yeah, this is when I was. Um... I'm trying to remember what year that was. It was late 92, early 93, I guess, is when I got that Leonard Malden's guide roughly around that time. Mm -hmm. And then I had that surgery that put me like on my stomach um, for a month. And I started watching like just everything with the five for five for five deal like at the local video store. So I ended up seeing a lot of this stuff. Some of it I saw because it was popular and like my mom watched, you know, like rented it and watched it um and then a lot of stuff i saw because i had nothing to do for quite a while sure um so i ended up seeing like a lot of a lot of these movies but <clears throat> um but yeah you're right there, there there's just some definite 
garbage and um well we can talk about it each year by year kind of but i i did notice a trend of them really trying to i think fit more popular movies like box office successes into some of these um oscars in the early 90s um which i don't think was as prevalent in the 80s when i've like looked through those lists before i really think there's a concerted effort to start like promoting things that are box office successes it seems around this time well i mean i think there's a reason for that um number one this is the beginning of the expansion of like the megaplex so Mm. in previous like generations even a wide release movie something like et or i don't know indiana jones or something would still have either a limited time to play in like a first run theater or um would have to split time you know with other other movies or some theaters wouldn't even get it at all um whereas in the 90s especially like from i would say like 92 on um there were so many whatever you want to call it like megaplexes that existed that you could have um films show on more screens and earn like be seen in wider release by people um much easier if that makes sense yeah so sure um like i mean just I think that's a I think that's a good observation, but I think that's probably the reason for it. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, because what was it? 90, 91, 90, 91 is when Regal opened. Uh, yeah, the, I I believe the cornerstone on the building is ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because they were playing movies from ninety when they like during the grand opening. That's right. Because Necessary Roughness was in there. Um. <clears throat> All right, so let's just go ahead and jump right in, and we can kind of maybe talk about some of these issues as we're going through. Or, or did you have any like when you were looking at this list, anything that like these lists that anything that's just like came to your mind about like? There's some movies that I just completely don't understand, and I think, yeah, I think it's more like some are um, what's a good way to put it, like lifetime not 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 lifetime achievement but um i don't know maybe, maybe that is the way to say it. like either choice. lifetime achievement yeah or they just went with a movie that was a really like social culturally relevant in terms of like people talking about it or mm-hmm. um and specifically i mean i know that we're going to go through these lists one by one but you look at something like fucking ghosts in mm. 1990 and it's like yeah, yeah. ghost yeah. is not a terrible movie but ghost is right. also not like a great movie and sure. it's definitely not like an oscar worthy movie but there were so many people that were i guess like smitten and that's that was their thing is like well this is our mm-hmm. this is our love story oscar like no one is not going to win it but to keep people happy by being able to say like oh well you know i like ghosts a lot and it was whatever i don't know bullshit <laughs> and godfather 3 in this year amazing to me that it got nominated for oscars especially for best picture because what the fuck right um but yeah i don't know yeah no i i hear you um there was a bunch of stuff like that where i was just thinking like uh like why 
but also I think that so this the Oscars are nominated by the the foreign press, right? Is that what it's called? Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah, isn't that where the nominees come from? Um, actually, I I think that's correct. But um, so I'm I'm curious that because I think that generationally, like maybe there's a lot of people that are nominating movies here that are traditionalists or like mm-hmm. old that maybe it is something where it's just like a movie that represents more of a like a bygone era of filmmaking you know just a basic movie like ghosts that's just a love story really at its core like that appeals to you know or they just wanted to appear socially relevant i which is what i think mostly it is but yeah anyway yeah it is um now it appears that's it must be a different awards um this is the academy of motion picture arts and sciences apparently that nominates these so it's another group but i mean it's the same thing i mean they've been you know in recent years there's been a lot of bitching about um who's who who is on those you know panels and who gets representation who doesn't and the age of some of them and the race of them and the gender of them so i mean like i I think you're safe whether it's the hollywood foreign press or the you know academy um on who's who's making those decisions so Um, right all right so yeah we'll go ahead and start off with the 63rd awards which was 19 uh in 1991 which was the movies in 90 um you've already mentioned ghost here so let's just jump into the best picture and kind of just go down uh dances with wolves wins that year the other nominees are awakenings ghost the godfather three and goodfellas um i figure you have a out of just the nominees that are on here not getting into other potential uh nominees uh uh, i'm assuming for you it's between goodfellas and awakenings Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which one would you go with? Uh Goodfellas is a better movie out yeah. of those two. Yeah, I mean, Goodfellas. I think, at least in, from my perspective, I'm I unfairly deride Goodfellas just because I've seen it so many times that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like it as much as I used to. But I mean, it's still a great movie when you think about it and the performances and just I guess the audacity of that movie in 1990. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see how it's not. I mean, uh, it, it it's like in, I mean, at the time, I don't know what was going through people's heads. I don't know if they thought it was like maybe too violent or something. Um, I have no idea. But it, in hindsight, it's like the clear best picture of that year. And well, it's interesting because I don't know how much we want to like. We're not doing like a best of. So, I think it's more or less just that people didn't like to give genre films um any kind of credence as being you know worthy of a best picture win and more or less this is just you know a really well done gangster film so i mean wouldn't you make the same couldn't you make the same claim about dances with, dances with wolves though like um that it's a what war western like I think that people were fine with giving Westerns Oscars. Mm. I don't think that Hollywood has ever minded because I think they like the the typical um I don't know, like shit. I can't think of how to say this. Like 
it's basically that easy representation of good and evil usually that comes in westerns and that you can kind of like identify with the struggles of the characters whereas like and plus westerns tend to honor the good people you know what i mean like it's not about like goodfellas which is basically glamorizing crime which i think sure. was an issue yeah um is there anything that you would argue is from that year that's better than goodfellas like what do you have anything so i should have done some research on this and looked this question up because i thought about this as i was like writing movies down mm-hmm. was there a best foreign film category at this point uh yes yeah. And would could foreign films win best picture? I think they could always win and just never did. Um so I did not include foreign, but knowing you I probably should have. So well, I got uh, you covered, buddy. Oh, you already got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I got him. All right. Um <clears throat> like objectively better than Goodfellas, I don't know. There's some stuff that I think is close, mm-hmm. uh, like the cook, the thief, the wife, and her lover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for as small of a movie as it is, I think Metropolitan should be up there, like in terms of best picture. Um, I think it's kind of, I mean, I guess it's understandable, but like Wild at Heart, I'm surprised it wasn't nominated. Um, although I guess probably it's the NC-17 aspect of Wild at Heart that mm-hmm. kind of kept it. Um, same thing with Henry and June. Like Henry and June is a great movie, but an NC seventeen, and I guess that's why they wouldn't. Um, other than that, everything else that I really liked, it, the Grifters kind of surprised me, especially because they nominated Goodfellas. Because I think I generally enjoy the Grifters more than Goodfellas, mm-hmm. um, and I think that those performances are just as um, just as powerful. Uh, Ray Liotta always kind of rubs me the wrong way in general, but um but still like i completely understand goodfellas objectively uh being in that category and i think it's objectively the best picture of that year um so yeah right like i like awakenings but i don't i I don't think awakenings is like some kind of transcendent movie or i don't know yeah i agree um that dances wolves definitely is not but it was a really popular movie so it was yeah yeah it definitely was really popular um and during a period where kevin costner had a lot of kind of attention power in hollywood um i was doing some quick research on something real quick did you mention miller's crossing in there i didn't because i wanted to bring it up later in this conversation okay sure that's that's, Um, that's fine well i mean we can talk about it now so i love miller's crossing yeah and i definitely enjoy miller's crossing more than goodfellas mm-hmm. um i don't know that i think the miller's crossing is a better movie than goodfellas it's just a better movie for me gotcha if that yeah. makes sense that makes like, perfect sense yeah i think the miller's crossing is expertly directed i think the cinematography is amazing i think it's got beautiful performances but mm-hmm. and i think it's just a really cool movie but i don't know that it has necessarily the the cultural resonance that something like goodfellas does right yeah so So final answer kind of even giving that caveat is goodfellas yeah i think so yeah i agree with you 
I, I, I've thought about the Miller's Crossing thing a lot, and I think you summed it up, like, my feelings as well. I, I would prefer to watch Miller's Crossing, but um, in hindsight, I, I think it's Goodfellas for that year. So does that translate over to you as Scorsese as best director then? Yeah, probably. It's definitely um, not Coppola. <laughs> no. I don't... I don't know that I remember Reversal of Fortune enough to really comment on uh, Barbe Schroeder. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely not Coppola. The Grifters is really well directed, though. It I mean, is. Freer's... Yes. It, it really is a shame that Costner... Um, Costner won like that award and that they Look, so uh, just sort so of like so it's wide open spaces man they 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 love I mean shit I'm I'm assuming it won cinematography and that's probably like the thing it should have won I mean they just you know I don't know they love Hollywood loves it when an actor especially like a pretty young actor comes out and directs a movie that with like a level of confidence so yeah dean semier uh won best cinematographer for dances with wolves and that feels correct i mean <clears throat> probably but yeah but you're right they they love that actors actors turn directors and i'm assuming you're not impressed particularly with this movie look it's not a bad movie i mean dances with wolves is fine right i guess but it's not like <laughs> the best movie of the year right that's 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 your hot take that's not the thing you want to like the hill you want to die on okay that's fine um i think dances wolves is really overrated I, I watched like probably about 15 years ago like i saw it my mom loved that movie so i think i saw it two or three times maybe because of her or at least large parts of it when i was young and i saw 15 years ago or so i saw like probably like half of it and and i think that movie is extremely overrated i, I don't think costner does because he's nominated for best actor as well doesn't win but i don't think costner does anything special in that movie necessarily i think it's a well-directed movie overall um i think graham green is the best part of that movie um the other thing too is hollywood loves their self-congratulatory movies oh, yeah. where they can say like look we're showing the beauty of the indigenous population of America. Mm. It's like, right. Go fuck yourself. Right. Not to say that you can't make good movies about, um, you know, whatever, like anything really. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's definitely, they, they are, they're always self-congratulatory about a lot of things. You're right. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you can say anything against the Academy, Frank, that like people won't. <laughs> the, mm. the worst thing you could ever say is like the Academy gets it right. Um, <laughs> But so yeah, you think Scorsese then for best director? Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know. I would take Coppola and probably Schroeder and Costner out of that equation. So I don't know. I might go yeah. with someone else for director. What do you think about the idea of at least Tim Burton getting nominated for Scissor Hands as director mm, and director maybe. only? I think there's better movies than Edward Scissorhands that year. Mm. And I think there's better directed movies. So I made a short list for every one of these years of things that I felt mm -hmm. I would 
I could either make like a very vague argument or I could make a strong argument for their inclusion um, in any one of the categories. Okay. Um, I honestly think that Wild at Heart is better directed than those three movies. Uh, Dances right. with Wolves, um, mm-hmm. that Schroeder one, uh, Reverse or Fortune, and um, especially Godfather 3. Again, that's like a, a participation award basically for Scorsese. Um. I think Jacob's Ladder is better directed, but mm. you're never going to get that movie on anything just because right. it's a horror film and they'll never put horror films on any. It's very rare when you see a horror film get like any kind of recognition from the Academy. Um, I would argue that Misery is a better movie. Mm. And again, I think, you know, they threw Misery a bone with um, Kathy Bates, but mm-hmm. um I definitely think the misery is better directed than those three movies. Um, and there's a couple other smaller movies like Sue Miller's crossing <clears throat> again, because it's like a genre film that firmly embraces like the genre aspects of it. I think that's one of the reasons why they wouldn't, um, it wouldn't be included or the Coen brothers wouldn't get a nomination. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe because the Coens hadn't like kind of earned that cachet yet um, at this point. Uh, um, but also there's, I don't know, like, like Whit Stillman in um, Metropolitan, like maybe. And it's, I think all it's of really this... hard. I I definitely have like that is like a strong like screenplay. Um, it's hard for me to like Stillman to ever talk about best director. Really, I think. I don't know. I like his um. I like that. I don't know, like graduate student stage production feel of Stillman's, um, especially Barcelona and, and Metropolitan. Yeah. Um, I think there's something that lends like a certain like youthful earnestness to those movies mm-hmm. because of the way he directs them. Um, because it does feel not, not amateurish, but like semi-pro maybe almost. Yeah. And like you said about the stage, it feels very stagey to me i mean I, I i i get that it's not but uh necessarily but um i think barcelona would be the one i would argue for if any of them yeah probably. i have that on the later okay. list too yeah um there's some i don't know there's just a bunch of small movies that were really good that year but they never would have gotten nominated um and henry and june is a great movie uh, but again being nc-17 i think that um although i think somebody was nominated from henry and june for this year right best supporting actor maybe maybe not uh no i don't think there's any any henry or june on this list no that's unfortunate it's a good movie just way too um erotically charged for Mm -hmm. america of the the 1990s (laughs) um yeah i okay so i I like the idea of strong argument weak argument i would make a weak argument for burden just as director nothing else for edward scissorhands but but burden for director i'd make a weak argument for i would make a strong argument for the cohen's at least being nominated on this list um for miller's crossing like without doubt for me um and i think you're right probably having not seen in a long time about lynch um but they don't like to nominate lynch for much a lot of times well, it's because he's too weird. It's too yeah. controversial. It's like, I don't know. Like, what what 30-second clip are you putting on 
to you know david lynch wild at heart like or i don't know <laughs> diane lab with all like the lipstick all over her face or whatever yeah um, right i yeah it, it's a shame though because um we'll talk about him again someday but i i'm really starting to believe that like lynch might be more i think about that dude and some of the stuff is, is maybe be like our greatest american director like living at least um right now full clean but um yeah okay um, i still think scorsese in the end would probably be my pick personally just because i think he sets up a lot of stuff in goodfellas that gets mimicked for sure this day 100 percent. and again i think i don't know i think there might be a better way to say this and i don't know what it is but i think just the social and like artistic relevance of goodfellas is what elevates it in that position and why Mm -hmm. you know again like i wouldn't argue against that but definitely more than dances with wolves here's so this is my this is my like personal litmus test i guess for these Mm -hmm. movies when you say the name of that movie like what's my first reaction to it right like mm-hmm. is it something where if you told me hey do you want to come over and watch goodfellas sometime next week sure like i would like i don't wouldn't mind watching goodfellas again right it's been a while since i've seen it yeah do you want to watch dances with wolves like no <laughs> i don't i don't i don't care about that movie what's wrong you want to come over and like hang out for three fucking hours um watch kevin costner pretend to be a only if we're getting super drunk <laughs> then that's, that's cool that actually could be really fun you Defense let me know one. yeah uh-huh. we, have, we have a we have a drinking game wherever whenever kevin costner um looks profoundly moved by something you have to take a shot and then we'll both be dead yeah so uh, profoundly moved or is uh disgruntled or hasty in his response yeah. to something he's he's feeling the burden of the world in his heart Right. that's that's right. what's happening right so, shit we can watch yellowstone and just like yeah we'd definitely fucking die um <clears throat> we'd get through like five episodes and be dead mm. all right so um might happen anyway <laughs> um best actor yeah you, uh, did you have something no i was just gonna i was gonna move on to that so okay, yeah. yeah best actor uh how do you feel about these again i don't really remember reversal of fortune so i can't speak to that mm-hmm. although it's jeremy iron so i'm sure it's fine yeah. um de niro sure uh that gerard de Pardieu performance in cyrano is actually really good sure um i don't know what the field is this okay. richard harris performance uh so i don't know mark that down yeah i didn't know it either so yeah, I've seen, um, again, I've seen all these movies myself, except for the field. So, so here's my here's my weak argument, like Dark Horse candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Caine is in a movie called Shock to the System that comes out this year. Okay, where he plays a beleaguered um, minor business executive who's married to this like shrewish woman that doesn't respect him, mm-hmm. and he ends up like murdering people, like at first by accident and then on purpose to kind of advance his career and make his life better. Mm-hmm. um and it's an amazing performance by like uh late middle age michael kane like just playing the most downtrodden 
unhappy businessman that like gets no respect and it's like that and turns into basically a serial killer um it's really really a fantastic performance by him in that movie Mm. um and he's the guy that you know like that's a person that i think even the academy could get behind so i'm not sure like why i mean i guess because it's again it's a it's a genre movie it's a murder thriller i suppose um and a black comedy in some ways so definitely not something that would be super appealing um to the academy yeah uh i think i don't know if it's a great performance but i think that i'm surprised the cage didn't get any kind of like nomination just for the like completely insane performance in wild at heart Mm -hmm. um because i think it's super memorable and maybe like the most whatever you want to call it like daring performance of this year um and then ed harris and misery again like another one where i mean that's a really great performance and you nominated kathy bates so why would he not you know why not nominate like you know the other part of that that makes her performance so great really is a lot of times his reactions and the way they play off each other i was also kind of surprised that um gibson didn't get nominated for hamlet from that year yeah um because i don't particularly like that movie but i i i'm surprised he was when i saw that yeah Go ahead. yeah because it's easy because it's shakespeare mm-hmm. and it's a good performance of yeah. of that role mm-hmm. um i was actually really surprised that it didn't get anything when i was looking at the list when you sent it to me yeah um I'm surprised and, Glenn, Glenn Close didn't get anything. Honestly. Right. They love yeah. her. Rightfully so. Everybody loves Glenn Close. Yeah. Except for me. It's uh-huh. not true. Yeah, that's true. I do like Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But all things being equal, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Jeremy Irons does a fine job in your... But again, like, do you think about Reversal of Fortune ever? right like i've i saw that and i thought like i thought that movie came out in like 1982 and i really had to think about it to remember like anything from it yeah so but again i'm sure it's a fantastic performance and he's playing um claus von bulo so that's probably uh yeah Bello, not, i guess right say. yeah i mean that's another glenn close movie that i'm so gun surprised that he's nominated but she's not um it's, it's it's strange to me but it's uh, like kevin costner got nominated because you have to mm-hmm. at that point because you've nominated him for picture and director um yeah i don't know yeah i am it's been so long since i've seen reversal fortune i was a teenager um I, I it's probably something i remember thinking it was like it was engaging back then and i don't even think i really knew who jeremy irons was at the time but um it's probably something i would actually enjoy a lot more now than i would then if i'm yeah i I was just i was thinking that when i was looking at this list that like maybe i'll um maybe i'll go back and take a look and see what i think yeah um so yeah out of that list of people though i would either give it to de niro or depardieu like i think those are the two Mm -hmm. um it's good to narrow the two better better choices um and definitely i mean it's not like Cyrano de bergerac has really stood the test of time in the sense of like it's not a movie that i don't think people think about it anymore necessarily but i think awakenings is still 
somewhat socially relevant i think so yeah yeah um do you want to stick with the actors and just go to best supporting or do you want to go to the actors we can go over to actors okay i mean i think it's the right choice <laughs> oh yeah um i don't understand like how anybody else has chosen and i'm really surprised that the academy had the audacity to um what's the word you want to look for like honor a movie like that um but it's definitely the correct choice to make it a kathy bates in misery although this is probably i don't know mr and mrs bridge um but this is probably the field that makes the most sense top to bottom with um angelica houston that's a great performance in the grifters mm-hmm. julie roberts breakout performance in pretty woman mm-hmm. and an iconic performance like that's pretty much to the test of time i would say sure um meryl streep is really good in postcards from the edge um again i don't know joanne woodward and mr and mrs bridge but um i don't know let me look let me look at my short list and see if there's any women uh maybe laura dern again in wild at heart although that's it's a really weird performance um actually what's her name from well this is actor actress so I don't know if uh, what's her name in Miller's Crossing. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's the right choice, I think. Yeah. To your point, Glenn Close, maybe you nominate for uh, Hamlet. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, it's like, I think it's the only thing where it's just like, yes, <laughs> this is my only comment on that category. Like it, it, it's the obvious choice to me and like you said i'm really glad they took a horror movie and actually you know honored that in some ways because and this is what puts kathy bates on the map finally right if you i'm pretty sure if you look at her filmography like yeah um, but so there's another movie too that and i don't I, i think of this as more of like a supporting actress role but um a movie that's not really talked about anymore and again maybe this kind of just sort of validates my point um the last exit to brooklyn movie from that year okay uh based on the hubert selby jr book Mm, mm -hmm. um jennifer jason lee's performance in that movie is amazing Mm. um but i think it's because of the really counterculture slash uncomfortable nature of the source material that maybe it's not as um you know right sure widely accepted but uh, I mean, that's got some really great performances in it, too. And I don't know that it was necessarily a wide release. Um, but it didn't make any money, and, you know, it obviously didn't garner any, like, Academy acclaim. But I think it was pretty well-reviewed. Um, and it's got some really good performances. And, again, Jennifer Jason Lee is um, is pretty amazing in it. So, But I would think, again, more maybe of a supporting actress role, not to, like, jump the, right. jump the gun there. Right. Um, but, yeah, Kathy Bates good for Best Actress. I'm fine with that. I mean, out of the people that are nominated, I feel the same way about Best Supporting Actor. I mean, I how you don't give it to Joe Pesci out of that list is beyond me. I think you can make arguments potentially for other films outside yeah, of I don't, nominated ones, but out of I don't know. List. I don't know Longtime Companion. Right. Um, I will never say that Andy Garcia has been good in anything. 
in the entire history of time. So that's garbage. I mean, it's like, is that Andy Garcia's best performance ever? It's possible, but is it an Oscar worthy performance? Yeah, I don't think so. Like at all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a whatever. Um, Graham Greene, Dance with the Wolves, I guess that's fine. It's a good um, The Al Pacino and Dick Tracy is really weird. It and is. maybe like a like some kind of um I don't know, like Mia Culpa for something in the past. Um Well, let me ask you this. Do you think it's the bone that they throw in when they don't nominate him for best actor for Godfather Part Three? Yeah, probably. But I mean, there's definitely like supporting actors in every single one of these movies that are better than, um, than friggin' whatever Knuckles Malone or whatever the fuck he plays. Big boy Caprice. Big boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have anybody outside of that? Because I wondered about, um, oh, damn it. your feelings on um miller's crossing um the, the guy that was in big fish uh, i his name is completely albert finney albert finney yes um yeah i mean i think that's a really good i thought him either either him or polito could potentially have been nominated and i i don't think that john polito's in the movie enough and again so mm. part of that i think is because it's like caricature in some ways yeah and not like character and I don't think the Academy likes caricature. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I love that Finney performance, you know, the, yeah. him jumping out of the, off the balcony with the, the Tommy gun. Um, just amazing. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, this is going to be after two non-controversial probably ones. Um, best supporting actors for this year. It's Whoopi wins. The other nominees are Annette Benning, Lorraine Bracco, uh, for Goodfellas, Diane Ladd for Wild at Heart, and Mary McDonald for Dances with Wolves. Uh, how yeah, do you feel, how, yeah, yeah, how you feel about Whoopi? Uh, this is the... This is the, I don't know, honorary mention, this in the... Because Ghost wins for screenplay too, but the honorary mention thing for the fact that Ghost was so popular. Um... Annette Benning, obviously a better choice for the Grifters. Uh, Lorraine Bracco, mm -hmm. much better choice for Goodfellas. Diane Ladd, much better choice for Wild at Heart. Yeah. Fuck, even Mary McDonald and Dances with Wolves is a better choice. Um, but really, to me, it's either uh, Benning or Bracco is should have yes. been the winner here. Yep. And That's I think order. that I think that Benning's performance in the Grifters is the best performance, but I mean Brocco's performance is pretty pretty goddamn iconic yes. in that role. So Yeah, I have it Brocco Benning. Um and it's close, but because I think it's Benning's best performance that I ever saw her give. Um in the Grifters. And that could be because it's like a little bit against type. Um that it's getting some extra points but uh Bracco I, I think is is the clear winner here like look I think Whoopi is fantastic in Ghost I you know I, I've only seen Ghost twice in my life once in the theater and like years later I you know saw it once more I think the problem with the Whoopi thing is that I think all she had done up to this point 
because i have deep whooping knowledge like from the 80s like in terms of burglar and like um you know jump jack flash and what shakedown is that what it's called with sam elliott like it's like i i i was like all in on whoopee movies um and what it is is whoopee pulled back on the comedy a little bit but whoopee's like whoopee's fulfilling like the the a lot of the kind of like magical negro stereotype here with comedic elements and I think it's a great performance. I think she does it extremely well. But I think to like give her this is um again people that aren't exposed to Whoopi's comedy or personality and were want to go see Swayze and more in a romantic comedy slash thriller and are blown away by her because they don't really know much about her and they never really seen her perform. Um and I think it ends up being kind of a people's choice award slash um hey let's honor this pop you know popular movie by the academy whatever you want to say about it i agree with unless you say that it's a good movie because fuck ghosts <laughs> and fuck everything about ghosts and the only thing about ghosts was that it made women horny about fucking patrick ass swayze sitting behind them making goddamn pottery pottery yeah yeah um, probably probably increase enrollment in pottery classes for several years oh i'm nationwide it, i i'm pretty sure i actually have read that um at some point before um i saw a ghost at the king and queen at castle mall for nice. 99 cent tickets like it's that me me and my parents and eddie uh the guy that like was kind of like my like a uh, older older brother kind of like growing up was eddie simmons want to go see it and um eddie, eddie i i remember seeing eddie simmons cry at the end of it and he tried to hide it um yeah dude listen like <laughs> is ghost a terrible movie like no but it's a completely ghost means nothing in 2022 I want to meet I want to meet the person in 2022 that tells me (laughs) that Ghost is their favorite movie first I want to talk well favorite no 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 I want to talk to him I want to find that person and talk to him and don't think that person exists what else has happened in their life that's made them so (laughs) sheltered that that's the movie that did it for them oh they 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 went into a coma and December of 1991. Because I bet you can find somebody that'll tell you the Grifters is their favorite movie, or fucking Misery or something. But ain't nobody, ain't nobody saying like, oh my god, you know sure. what? My go-to yeah. is Ghost. Well, it's funny, like given the concept of Ghost, it's like that Ghost is allowed to get nominated because it has like the eroticism kind of of the whole thing when Jacob Slattery gets ignored so much. You know, I mean, yeah, Ghost because Ghost is it's it's sanitized eroticism. It's friggin' sure it's patrick swayze <laughs> well, don't, don't, and don't put his, disdain on his name come on and, Why his, are you doing and, his, that? and his wet wet ass clay soaked hands like that's uh anyway can we move on? castle like get stop it stop um you notice right, he wasn't real- nominated for best actor right <laughs> right of course not um right all right so real quick i so ghost also is uh just to wrap up these two categories really quick uh ghost is best uh 
original screenplay is uh bunk. it's a travesty yeah um i think it's metropolitan out of that list mm, maybe sure what what else i mean it's you? it's hard to argue against the woody allen movie because that's like alice is a pretty pretty good movie um yeah. i know that like we don't necessarily talk about woody allen too much in a positive light but um it's whatever i mean it's it's well written um i also think that avalon is a pretty good movie mm-hmm. um dialogue wise i mean that's that's uh, one of the ones i haven't seen so that's sort of levinson's like bread and butter is like writing those um heartfelt but believable you know like real people dialogue movies right um and avalon's good for that and i actually think green card is a really good movie too so I mean, not like an Oscar. I haven't seen that either. It's it's crazy to me that it's nominated here, but it also is better than fucking Ghost. So, yeah. All right. Um, You know what? I I knew I knew this was going to happen. I really should have looked up um, looked up some dialogue from Ghost because I was thinking about that (laughs) when I was looking at these lists. Oh, um, it's I'm sure it's terrible. and maybe maybe Whoopi does deserve it because I bet you she she probably sold the hell out of that dialogue. Um, oh sure, you know. Um, all right, best adapted screenplay: Dances with Wolves wins. Awakening is Goodfellas. The Grifters. Reversal of Fortune were also nominated. Um, I would. I haven't read any of these, so it's hard for me to say. But given, I I would say it's really hard to adapt Westlake. Uh, or I mean, sorry, like Thompson, and I think Westlake does a really great job in doing Thompson justice. But that's just my knowledge of crime novels. Um, yeah, uh, I would also argue that uh, 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 Miller Strasser is a really Great. good adaptation. So, I mean, honestly, again, I probably argue for Goodfellas here, mm-hmm. just because of how well it takes. Sure, how well it it forms it into what feels like an epic like multi-generational you know crime story and a story about like that elevates it above just being about criminals where it's about family and loyalty and honor and whatever like all the stuff that fucking goodfellas is about so sure but again i say like last exit to brooklyn is a fantastic adaptation Mm -hmm. of i would say an even more difficult novel to adapt Right. Um, and that probably would be on that list for me. Um, and Misery, too, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, probably a better... One of the few times where the movie is better than the original source material by King. Like, I would argue here in The Shining, um, probably Dr. Sleep, eventually. But, um, yeah, like, Misery the movie is a much more enjoyable experience than Misery the book, in my opinion. So, all right. So that's actually my choice. If I would like rewrite misery? the Oscars, by Misery, yeah, Misery or Last Exit to Brooklyn, because those are both okay. really fantastic adaptations. My own personal subjective taste, I'd probably say Miller's Crossing. Um, all right, I love Miller's Crossing, but again, like I don't know. That's a really yeah. hard story to adapt to me. So, sure. Um, I think they tighten it up a lot. But, all right, let's move on to the 64th Annual Academy Awards. This is the films of 1991. 
So we have talked about this movie at length um, in some episode. The the best picture winner of this year is Silence of the Lambs. And the other nominees are Beauty and the Beast, Bugsy, JFK, and The Prince of Tides. So how you Beauty, how the, Beauty and the Beast really bothered me being on here, but um, it actually influenced a movie that I put on my shortlist later. So. Oh, okay. So we'll, they're so, all it's it's all bullshit like <laughs> okay top to bottom i mean that's those are bad nominees okay silence of the lambs i have come to dislike silence of the lambs and we've talked about this on the podcast mm-hmm. um in the whatever like interceding 30 years or whatever since it came out but sure. that's the only one on this list that i look at it and i say okay like yeah like i can see that movie being on there just because of like the artistry um, that Demi gives to telling what's basically like a pulp um, serial killer movie. Um, and there's still things I appreciate about Silence of the Lambs, especially in terms of the way that it looks and the way that it's directed. Um, but the other movies like bullshit. JFK is a good movie. You know what? But fuck JFK, JFK. JFK deserves to be on there. Eh, you're just a JFK mark. It's a good movie. It's Oliver, it's, it's Oliver Stone's best movie. Oh, right. That's true. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll let JFK say it. Like, I'll say that that's fine. You can stay on the list. <laughs> All right. But there's so many other like really good movies that could have been on. I mean, so let's say that let's do the same exercise. Like, let's say we leave Silence of the Lambs and JFK on that list and you take off those other three. Sure. You've got Defending Your Life. um honestly terminator 2 might not be on that list is crazy because one of the most like influential and important um sci-fi movies yeah if you're ignoring like the academy's taste yeah you're right um boys in the hood that year uh Mm -hmm. barton fink Mm -hmm. um honestly like i think uh the fisher king is a great movie and homicide the david mamet movie um really Mm -hmm. good Mm-hmm. um cape fear not being on the list is crazy to me especially with you know de niro's performance mm-hmm. um you know i feel about double life of Ron- veronique but um sure like i won't even say that but there's at least like five or six other movies that should have taken the place of those three movies and it's just like if i'm analyzing it it's the popularity really the first like breakout animated movie for disney right in the modern era like the propels them back into the spotlight of being like do you, you not know, like profitable. Beauty and the Beast though I like Beauty and the Beast very much but I think that I don't think that it belongs in this category okay because it's this is gonna sound I almost said racist but that's ridiculous this is gonna sound really bigoted but uh-huh. an animated movie is the collaborative work of hundreds of artists working together and not the vision of one person and so it could still win best picture though no what? not in my life not 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 in my world <laughs> this way you it just best can't animated. win best director it's, it can win best picture it could be the best movie I, of a year. i'm actually i'm actually more inclined to let an animated movie win best director because there is like one person directing that shit there's hundreds of people that, that, is, are... that is that is the most corporate mindset i have ever heard in my entire life like okay go ahead it's fine it's fine bro <laughs> um <laughs> uh no it, it, an animated movie 
it makes no sense for an animated movie to win best picture they have they have their own category stay the fuck in your category like stay in your best picture is a culmination of everything it is best best, a- best animated feature that's your category you stay there <laughs> And it's crazy that this is the argument because we feel the opposite way. I think about animated movies because I love animated movies, but uh-huh. I don't. And it, uh, the best picture is the achievement in film, not the achievement in animation. Animation is not film; it's its own thing. Two two different things, right? It's an animated. You, you, movie. you don't. You don't. Hold on. So it could win for best animated film because it's animated and yeah but it can't win best picture because it's Why so can't? much superior than every so, other movie that came out that year potentially no it's not beauty and the beast i'm not saying that no no i'm saying you can't imagine that there's an animated picture that could potentially be the best film of nope. a year nope not possible it's not why can't a live action movie i have no hope feature? in my life like whatsoever for anything and i think there's a possibility that there's an animated film someday that is the best picture of a year is it avatar 2 and tell me (laughs) why (laughs) i don't know man i think you're i I think that is bigoted i think you're right all right so so what would you replace these movies with if we're if we're getting rid of the silence of the lambs we're keeping inside this land JFK. What what are the three movies that you would replace it with and what would win? I'd put Defending Your Life in there. Um mm-hmm. I'd put Cape Fear in there. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. Maybe Mississippi Masala, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um and if I'm doing all three of those, I probably my nostalgia answer is defending your life because I love that movie. Um, but it's probably Cape Fear, honestly, is the best out of those. Or maybe Mississippi Masala. Um, you know how I feel about JFK. I'm not a fan of JFK, but whatever, that's your bag. Hold on. I'm indifferent to it. No, I like it. I like JFK. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Save. It's oh no! Long, I'm putting it on the indifferent man. list. God, it's so long, and it's just like I, I. You told me one time that you 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 were you were fronting a long time ago. You told me that you liked that movie, and well, then you course. forgot that you said that you liked it. So because you love it so much, I do. Um, I do. look, I know that that's a seminal moment in American history, and it's an excellent capturing of like whatever, like the overall feel and. Well, as we're getting ready to go into paranoid thrillers next month, I think it's a really good paranoid thriller too. Like on top of uh, all these other things, I, I think it's—I I honestly believe that it's Stone's best movie. I'm paranoid; I may have to watch it again someday, mm. and I'm not thrilled about it. But um, bum. <laughs> so, best director? Yeah. Uh, so, Jonathan Demme won. Uh, John Singleton for Boys in the Hood was nominated, Barry Levinson for Bugsy, Oliver Stone for JFK, and um, Ridley Scott for Velma and Louise. So how do you feel about, I mean, it's largely some of the same nominees, but um, how do you feel about that? I don't, I don't get the Barry Levinson for Bugsy. Um, Bugsy's again, I think, really overrated. I don't understand yeah. that. 
But I think a lot of it is from um, like Avalon kind of getting snubbed previously. So, mm. um, and also Diner in a lot of ways because Diner was such like a sentimental like critics choice in yeah. whenever that is like 81, 82 or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, Demi's direction is probably the best part of Silence of the Lambs. Um, Singleton, great with Boys in the Hood. Um, Oliver Stone, it's always super, like, even though I was just shitting on that movie, like, it's half in jest, but it's always really impressive when a director can make something that long and that complex and still tie it together where it's its own, like, it feels like a complete experience when you watch it. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of Thelma and Louise, uh, and I don't yeah. necessarily think that Ridley ridley scott brings anything particular to that movie with his direction so i'd yeah. probably take thelma and louise and bugsy out of that mm-hmm. um and i'd probably replace it with uh maybe brooks for defending your life and um mira nair for masala i think hmm. are my two replacements um i'm, I'm surprised you did i I, I could also see a double life of Veronique being on there as well. I mean, yeah, agreed. As much as I love that movie, I don't know. His direction in it is pretty amazing, though. Know? Um, yeah, maybe. I just think that Mississippi Masala is, um, like stunning for as young as she was when she made sure. that movie. Yeah. And, just as much as there's not like a whole lot of like super impressive like camera techniques or tricks or anything but it's just such a such a consistently like effective job that she does with controlling the camera and making you feel hot and making you feel like claustrophobic and Mm -hmm. you know you're just right along with those characters in it um i mean i think that cape fear is a really good Actually, so Peter Greenaway directs a movie called um, Prospero's Books, which Mm -hmm. is a um, LGBTQ uh, take on The Tempest. Um, That actually might be the most impressive direction of the year, Mm. Um, just in terms of from like a stylistic and um, visual standpoint. I mean, that's I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Look at like when you when we finish go to youtube and just look at clips from that movie of the way that he films stuff and it's um it's an amazing take on you know shakespeare in a lot of ways uh so and visually arresting like greenaway was an architect and um a visual artist as well as being a director and he really brings a lot of that um stylistically uh like that aesthetic to to his movies, but particularly here in Prosper's books, which is definitely worth worth a watch. Um, yeah, and defending your life, like I just, you know, sentimentally, I think that that's an amazing movie, and I think that the construction of that world, where it's both fantastical and believable at the same time, and still pushing you to like root for um, what's his name, Albert Brooks. Um, yeah, yeah, I despite everything it's like i do get the demi pick yeah um like we talked about it at length during the episode where we talked about silence of the lambs and 
like you said earlier, like culturally, like I get it, like why why he was selected. Um, it doesn't mean I have to like it, but I get it. Uh, I I would go uh, direction stone. I actually didn't make any notes here um, for this, but I would say stone. I think is that that what he brings together there is really impressive but i don't even know if that's my pick i just really think that's a good movie of his um i think masala is really underrepresented here in this entire list and i think it's like one of those like obvious things where it's like they feel like they can't nominate it for anything like well you know what it is it's it's not only is it the sexuality of that movie but I think it's the interracial sexuality. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and this is still, I mean, a pretty closeted time, I guess, in our, not to like, whatever, like steal that word, but in our country's history where it's still perfectly acceptable to be racist or be homophobic. And it's just a natural part of our culture at this point in 1991, I think. So, um yeah yeah um but i also i don't think that people really understood like how good that movie was i i mean i'm gonna be honest with you like i didn't understand how good that movie was until we watched it again for the podcast i mean i remember liking it a lot but then when i saw it um i was blown away by how much i loved it like watching it again because i hadn't seen it since like probably like 94 95 mm-hmm um and i think maybe people just didn't know how to take it and again when when a movie's so this is this is the double standard of shit like ghost is like when a movie's about romance but not sexuality Mm -hmm. it's fine like right right. they can get behind that but when a movie's about sexuality even if it includes romance like it's too much like oh we can't have this movie you know i mean we're these interracial people are having sex or whatever so anyway um but yeah i would put that on the list for best director and to me i think that might even be my choice but i probably like i'm fine with silence of the lambs demi winning for that. okay conversely i'm assuming you're not fine with the best actor being anthony hopkins for silence of the lambs as we've also discussed previously so let me say this in 2000 in 2020 listen to me listen to me listen all right all right in 2022 absolutely not it's a hammy overblown performance and we've talked at length about how we both feel about his performance in particular and especially in comparison to uh, mads mickelson's performance of the same character Mm -hmm. um in the hannibal series like 100 it does not stand the test of time from the point of view of a classically trained actor playing a serial killer and giving a performance that is memorable because i don't think you can argue that it's not memorable sure i see like in the very small like lens of this specific time why that choice was made does that make sense yeah i i I get it i do it's not the right choice and it's not nero is a much more suitable psychopath sociopath um oh yeah yeah it's it's a goddamn travesty that um that max katie isn't the murderer that's represented here right right 
yeah um i get what you're saying i do like i i would also argue that like screen time like i don't know what the rules are i would also argue that it's not a best actor that he should have been nominated for yeah he should be a supporting actor yeah you're right um so let Scott me Glenn this. has just almost just as much screen time, I would argue, as yeah, probably like five or six minutes less yeah. total. Here's the thing, though, is that right now you and I could both lit like repeat at least six or seven lines that Anthony Hopkins says in Silence of the Lamps. Sure, and honestly, given enough thought, could probably come close to his whole entire performance like being able to um repeat most of it verbatim right Mm -hmm. how much do you really remember from what de niro says in cape fear yeah that's true yeah you know what i'm saying and like i like cape fear a lot and i've seen cape fear more recently than i've seen um sounds of the lambs and i don't know i mean i just remember the performance and i remember the menace and the swagger and the you know like underlying like sweaty vitriol that's like inside this dude Mm -hmm. but it's because it's more of like a real performance it's he's playing a real you know character kind of whereas anthony hopkins is a caricature yeah but they love that shit like they eat that up you know pun intended i guess (laughs) like fucking fava beans (laughs) or whatever the fuck but you know i mean like that's it's just like fucking ghost it's like this was the meme of that year was people talking about anthony hopkins in this movie it's true so it's true so how do you how so moving kind of bringing it all together because fucking this movie sweeps everything how do you feel about jodie foster winning best actress that's a much better choice than anthony hopkins winning best actor agreed jodie jodie foster brings like a really I don't know, like steely vulnerability and like human element to that character and actually kind of grounds the entire movie, I think, with her performance as Clarice Starling. Um, best performance in the movie. Yeah, sure. Sure. So so going backwards now, okay, do you, who do you think should have won best actor for that year? So number one, I'm pulling Hopkins, Beatty, and Nolte out of this. Yes. I'm just leaving De Niro and Robin Williams. Because that performance as um in the Fisher King by Williams is an amazing performance. Yes. Um I'd probably add Albert Brooks for defending your life. Uh-huh. Um probably denzel from mississippi yes. masala absolutely and see rosencrantz and so i i have rosencrantz and gilda Turner dead on my list um just because i really like that movie i know that you find it kind of boring but what no i thought you I didn't know. like rosencrantz and gilda i really like rosencrantz and gilda oh i don't know um where that's coming from so anyway so <laughs> those two performances kind of cancel each other out to me which makes it really difficult to like say mm-hmm. best actor coming out of that um 
it's too much comedy for them because honestly if comedies like real like comedies could be on there bill murray deserves to be on there for what about bob oh yeah i forgot what, what I, I didn't put that on there not be it was an omission because you had it on your list and i was like all right well we're gonna bring right, this up yeah. anyway yeah um um, maybe maybe Totoro for Barton Fink mm. would be there too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cool. ma- so maybe that's my list it's Denzel replaces Beatty um, Totoro replaces Nolte and uh, um, Brooks replaces uh, Hopkins and I think it's I think it's either Denzel or Robert De Niro in that case. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Um, I can see an argument. And, Brooks, and Edge. Yeah, it's true. The thing, the thing I always think with that is, I feel like I feel like Brooks is mostly playing himself. Sure, that's always like I think I I I, and I think that De Niro is playing and i you know like right. that's a character and denzel denzel probably is the best performance out of this year in terms of like i mean that's a fantastic fucking performance and mm-hmm. in terms of the fact that i don't know how much like anybody talks about mississippi masala you know 30 years later but it really is a shame that it's not more widely regarded and especially for his performance and um I can't remember the young lady that plays uh, um, the female lead in that movie, but Sarita Chowdhury is her name. Yeah, yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. But yeah, I'd probably give it to Denzel for that year. Yeah. yeah. For anyone that's listening right now, if you haven't watched Mississippi Masala, like yeah, it seriously right. is one hundred percent a movie that should be like lauded and discussed. I think Mira Nair, honestly, like her entire filmography is kind of criminally underrated for whatever reason i'm not sure like why that is but um yeah yeah but it's an amazing movie and denzel will blow you away when you watch it like just the yeah the assuredness and control and humanity in that dude's performance in this movie and just like pathos kind of like without any outlet for that pathos at times it's just it's 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 an amazing performance yeah it really is um and i'm okay with foster for actress really mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the movie that won best picture and she's the reason that the movie is good i mean like how do you not reward that yeah um i'm fine with demi and foster like i'm not fine with best picture and hopkins yeah same here uh i think the gina davis performances i think both of them i mean they're good performances but i don't know if they're oscar worthy um i think laura dern is like a mea culpa for not putting her Mm -hmm. as best actress in wild at heart the year before um i do not care about bet midler in for the boys and i don't know i mean whatever yeah, Chow- Chowdhury deserves to be on that list. I honestly, I mean, and maybe this will surprise you, or maybe it won't. I I think the person who, if Foster doesn't win, should have won uh, that year is Irene Jacob for 
the double life of Veronique. Mm, yeah, it's it's a good choice. Um, yeah, Chowdery. Uh, honestly, um, what's her name? Streep in Defending Your Life. I think is a better choice mm-hmm. than like Bette Midler. Sure. And again, I think the Bette Midler thing is more of like a lifetime achievement type thing. You know what I mean? It's like not even lifetime achievement because it's, she's not super old at this point. She's, but she's Bette Midler, right? And I think the only reason you have Davis and Sarandon on there is because you can't nominate one without the other. You're going to nominate, um, nominate the other, so taking up a spot. I wonder how you feel. So let me give you a couple other people that I sort of like thought about shortlist wise. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like Annabelle Sciorra for Jungle Fever? Mm. And then mm-hmm. um, shit, I can't remember this woman's name. The La Femme Nikita woman. Because that's another movie that like I think yeah. got overshadowed by the fact that um, whatever it got remade. Anna Anna Paralod. I mean, I guess like whatever she's not going to win that. Right. Speak a new foreign fucking language, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I I, I I can see. So let's bring this up real quick. Jungle Fever comes out the same year as Mississippi Masala. Right. And Mississippi Masala is better movie. Oh, absolutely. No no argument. Um I mean, isn't that just more evidence that it's like there's something the acad with the academy that they don't want to nominate anything? Like that has to do well, with I like, think I think there's some I think there's a lot of anti Spike Lee sentiment from Hollywood. Um because of do the right thing? And because he just, Spike Lee isn't like, I don't know, he just himself at this point, you know what I mean? He's Mars Blackman, and I think that even though he's making great movies, I don't know that he's taking that seriously. And I think that this is one of those things where, you know, to kind of like paraphrase The Simpsons, like the the fucking gentry to lead are like clucking their tongues at this brash young upstart or whatever, so. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, it's not a topic that people really necessarily want to talk about. I mean, you know, we grew up in an area where, like, interracial couples were very much looked down upon. Um, Even, like, having a relationship outside your religion really was um, kind of frowned upon. So definitely not something that the Academy is going to celebrate at this point. But they'll celebrate the cultural appropriation of fucking Kevin Costner. So whatever, I guess. Fuck them. Um, so Chowdhury, or and again, I'm fine with Foster winning this award. I think it's a really yeah. good performance. Okay, this so, next one, you 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 know what I'm going to say. Um, about best supporting actor. Yeah. Um, you're good with it. You 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 really like City Slickers, and you think Jack Palance is um this is the role of a lifetime for him, right? So here's the thing, smartass. I actually do like City Slickers. But... Comedy that Frank likes. Okay. But what the fuck? You know what I mean? Right. It's, yeah, it's, I, yeah. It's an absolute joke. Right. So Jack Palance turns his gruffness into a comedic spot. He becomes a meme right. in that movie. Right. 
Yeah. Rip Torn in Defending Your Life, much better supporting actor. Right. Than, than that in a comedic role and no love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What's his name? The guy that plays um in The Commitments, the one that plays the guy that sings. That's a much better supporting role in a movie for supporting actor. Right. Um look, What's we're, we're gonna jump in, in, we're, we're gonna just look, we're gonna jump ahead like just a brief, very briefly a couple of years because this guy's gonna get it. But like if you rewatch JFK, Tommy Lee Jones is the best part of that movie potentially. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. Tommy Lee Jones is really good in that movie. He's fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I, I and in my opinion, the entire cast of Homicide, like mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Mammoth that Hollywood doesn't like, but like he's conservative, technically. Yeah, I guess. But like who cares about that in nineteen ninety one? I guess they still care about they it. Do. I don't know. Like Ricky Jay in that movie, Ving Rhames in that movie, mm-hmm. um, William H. Macy in that movie, like all those guys. Yes. I would take his best supporting actor over friggin' and Harvey Keitel, you know how I feel about him, but that's a fine performance in Bugsy. And Kingsley does a really good job as Meyer Lansky in that movie. So I'm fine with leaving Kingsley there. It's just palettes. Even like Michael Lerner, like that's Barton Fink, that's a good role. Like, all four of those guys, all things being equal, I'm fine with that. Palance is just, it's a disgrace. And it's a disgrace that he wins. And he wins by imitating, like, doing a, I don't know, condescending imitation of a cowboy, basically. Right. Right. I mean, out of that list, I think probably either Tommy Lee Jones or Ben Kingsley are the right choices there. Um, And I'm not a big fan of Bugsy, but that's a good performance benning is good in bugsy and um and honestly it's just my hatred of warren Beatty. i fucking hate warren Beatty. <laughs> um but kingsley is really good in it and annette benning is really good at, and both of them are in you know like worth watching that movie for yeah agree all right best supporting actress what are your thoughts that's actually a really good choice um mercedes rule is really good in fisher king um don't care about rambling rose i don't think it's a very good movie uh i think the julia lewis performance in cape fear is really good but i think that that's i think that's more of like the um kirsten dunst in interview with a vampire nomination Mm. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because Mm -hmm. or i'm like anna paquin in the piano it's one of those things where it's like you're so blown away that a young actor isn't a complete piece of shit that it's like, well, nominate him, I guess. Right. Um, I absolutely don't care about the Prince of Tides. Uh, Jessica Tandy and Fried Green Tomatoes. That's that's a good performance. Yeah, Jessica that's, Tandy's always that's my, that's always good. Always good for a good performance. Um, I don't know. I'm fine with. I'm fine with most of that list, except I don't know why the Prince of Tides gets nominated for so much. Um, you know who I put in here, though, actually, if I'm going to replace one, is I would take um, that Kate Nelligan out, and I would put uh, Sarah Jessica Parker for L.A. Story. 
in for that year um mm. i think that she's the best performance in that movie sure um yep. in a movie that i really enjoy that's yeah. not an oscar worthy movie necessarily but that's i think a nomination worthy performance so right uh, but I'm fine with Mercedes Rule winning it. I really like Fisher King. I think Fisher King is a forgotten classic in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll i just go on the record as saying that like Fried Green Tomatoes is um, a movie that I unironically love. Um, my it's mom, a really good movie. My mom, like, you know, like rented it and watched it when I was a kid and I watched it probably two or three times when i was young i think it's a great damn movie um and yeah i love everybody in it like you know and this is before i saw, that's how i actually was first introduced, introduced to kathy bates was um was that movie not mm. misery so um let me ask you this question yeah have you when's do you know the fisher king well like are you familiar with that movie yes but it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's been 20 years, at least. Do you dislike The Fisher King? No. Because I just don't hold I, it as, in, in, in as high esteem as you do, but I don't dislike it at all. This is, this is why I think that's true. You ready? Yeah. I think The Fisher King is the natural adult successor to Time Bandits. Mm. In terms of overall, nothing to do with like the actual structure of the movie, but sure, just tone and feeling. I think the Fisher King is um is in the same ilk as that movie, and is actually kind of a good companion piece. Um, interesting. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm also like not as impressed with Robin Williams in that movie personally just because um it's 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 the move from it it's it's ever so slightly the move from comedy to drama like for him to where it's like he's showing that he can do that that he that he has range um which is impressive but it's like i saw good morning vietnam and was like obsessed with it when i was nine years old so like i already knew that like that 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 was a possibility like so it's like it didn't surprise me whatsoever but it's a great fucking role like i i i really i like fisher king much more than i like time bandits um if that means anything but it's like yeah. i um well because it's it's grounded in reality more than it is in fantasy where sure um other way around you know with time bandits yeah very quickly what do you think about screenplays um, adapted and yeah and thumb and louise winning is ridiculous um <laughs> right i'm fine with grand canyon fisher king and boys in the hood there and i'd probably give it to boys in the hood um and then adapted screenplay uh shit europa europa or fried green tomatoes maybe or jfk just because of like having to compile so much like i said like in terms of his direction um yeah, but Sons of the Lambs. Uh, you know what? That's that it's a good adaptation. Sure. It takes it takes Harris's purple prose and kind of makes it into something else. Right. Um Prince of Tides and uh being nominated is um whatever. Fucking <laughs> Prince of Tides. 
Um, Princetizing ghosts so far. All right. Um, all right. It's going to be a five hour long podcast. All right. So the 60, 65th annual Academy Awards uh, in 1993. These are the movies in 92. Best Picture is Unforgiven. Other nominees are The Crying Game, A Few Good Men, Howard's End, and Son of a Woman. How do you feel about Unforgiven winning this? I'm fine with it. This was your on your top five best modern westerns list way back in the yeah. day, three years ago. Um, none of these movies you think like compete with that? Uh, nope. This is the only list out of the entire five that we're going to talk about where I'm okay with all five of these movies being on this list. Okay. Uh, so, Unforgiven, Crying Game, Few Good Men, Howard's End, Son of a Woman. Mm-hmm. There's something about every single one of those movies, even if they're not my favorite movie, um, that I can see as being, like, culturally relevant or, you know, artistically important, which to me is, like, you know, the, um, what you look for with an, an Oscar nominee for Best Picture. Sure. Do you think that there's anything that is left off this list that is negligent? um yeah there's a few this was actually my shortest short list if that mm-hmm. um i think it's crazy that bob roberts wasn't nominated for best picture this year mm-hmm. um that movie was is not only i mean it's it's a great movie but it also was like a super critical darling and it just got snubbed in terms right. of best picture um glengarry glenn ross i mean obviously yeah. crazy that that movie's not on this list um malcolm x it's pretty crazy Mm -hmm. Uh, especially a year after you nominate jfk to have a movie that i think is just as good as jfk right and it doesn't make the list i mean that's um right weird to me but i mean obviously i think the reason is because (laughs) a lot easier to build public support to the murder of one of the most popular presidents ever Mm -hmm. um as opposed to the murder of a black man that was generally like you know yes not very well liked by the majority of white america right um there's dark horse stuff like reservoir dogs but i understand why reservoir dogs wouldn't be nominated um and i don't think that it's necessarily deserving of an academy award nomination for best picture sure um sure it's more of like one of those crazy whatever like you know that's an insane debut Mm -hmm. from a guy that would eventually become one of the greatest filmmakers right of our generation but it's not like in this movie Right. Um, Raise the Red Lantern. I'm kind of surprised not nominated. Um, That's the previous year, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I just had it in 92 on the. No, it was on your 91 um, list Hmm. for top five movies. Then I don't know. Maybe got maybe got like a wider release in 92 because it definitely is on Wikipedia's 92 list. Gotcha. Um. So you cheated back like four months ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I always cheat. <laughs> I always cheat to make to put if like if something got released on December thirtieth, like <laughs> in like two theaters, right? But it helps it's, me make a list. Released in Beijing on December thirty right. first. <laughs> um, it's surprising that the player 
didn't get a nomination uh, for Best Picture, I think. Mm. Um, Do you like that movie? It's fine. But it also is, like, super popular critically. Sure. To me, um, to me, I probably take The Crying Game and A Few Good Men. Actually, I probably take all four of those movies off. Um, Because this is the thing, like, I completely understand why they're there and why people like them, but I just don't think they're as good as some other ones. I think I'd probably replace it with uh, Bob Roberts, um, Glengarry Glen Ross, Malcolm X, and um, Storyville, maybe, or maybe Night on Earth, the Vim Vendors movie. Um, I think both of those are better movies. So, but I'm also fine with Unforgiven winning. Like, and I understand. It's interesting because the crying game seeing it at 14 is the only one out of that list as much as i like a couple of those other movies um is the only one that i would keep on that list besides unforgiven like um i and and that's the only thing i would actually like yeah the i think the crying game is a really good movie um sure it's fine i'm i think it's neil jordan's best movie that i've ever seen no i thought that was a company of wolves <laughs> right um it's it's going uh, to interview with vampire mm, i'm fine with that that's not true i don't think though like he's had a better movie than right it's fine vampire. you know i hate son of a woman so whatever yeah i i know i don't think son of a woman needs to be on that list as the best picture uh, even no. though I really love that movie, like subjectively, I don't think it needs to be on there. I think Chaplin's a better movie than Son of a Woman as uh, in Toto. Chaplin um, didn't even make my shortlist. So yeah, I think Glengarry Glenn Ross is a better movie. I think Malcolm X is a better movie. Like I, I think there's a ton of better movies from that year um, than Son of a Woman. Um, the the thing that's the craziest to me is the Bob Roberts omission. Like I do not understand how Bob right. Roberts doesn't get nominated. Yeah. yeah 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 i can see that um yeah i can't i can't hate on unforgiven winning this year i like i i'm personally a big fan i really like few good men um as a thriller i don't think it deserves to be nominated for best picture but um as a as a kind of like generic unique type thriller um i'm fine with it like it's better than no way out or something like that you know i mean um so yeah i i'm fine with unforgiven overall i do really like the crying game a lot though i think it's a good i think it's a good movie um how do you feel about eastwood for best director for unforgiven fine again it's like a lifetime achievement award at this point nobody could have foreseen fucking um gran torino and the mule and right um million dollar baby like existing so who who knew they didn't you know any better not altman not altman for the player no <laughs> what about what about spike lee for a money no for malcolm x oh uh yeah fine i'm i'm probably more inclined to say yeah yeah, that's probably the the right choice, Malcolm X. 
that's what I, I would say Spike Lee would edge out slightly like Eastwood. I mean, I, I don't see anything necessarily unique or interesting that Eastwood is doing as a director in that movie, even though I think I would agree that it's probably the best picture of that. Year. Again, like, I think that I think it's where people thought, like, we have to give it to him now because what else is he ever going to do? Right. And then he just refuses to go away. So, all right. So, best actor, Pacino gets the award, and the other nominees are Eastwood for Unforgiven, Downey Jr. for Chaplin, Stephen Ray for The Crying Game, and Denzel for Malcolm X. I've been asking you opinion a lot. I'll give my opinion on this because I love Son of Bolden so much. I think Pacino. I think the Pacino performance of Son of a Woman is the best performance of late stage Pacino that you're ever going to get. Like, I think it's, it's better than Heat. I think it's better than, like, you know, Carly Who's Way. There's a bunch of movies, like, around this time. Even better than Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Like, I, I think there's a bunch of movies. It's his best performance. I think Denzel, I mean, Denzel got robbed. Right. Denzel deserves to win that that Oscar. Right. Like, um, I'm fine with Pacino's It's fine. It's 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 hey, it's, it, hey, you you made the argument that it's like fucking Lecter's perform or Hopkins' performance as Lecter is iconic. Right. Like, this is an iconic performance. Don't get right, me wrong. Sure. Yeah. I feel this. I actually feel exactly the same way about this that I feel about Hopkins' mm-hmm. Lecter. I think it's something that. I think this performance is more likable than that. Let me say this, and I'll say this about both of these movies, and I'll mm-hmm. say this about, um, uh, yeah, both Pacino and um, Hopkins. If it didn't get drilled down into your brain for the past 30 years, like the quotes from these movies and people imitating them, mm-hmm. they'd be much easier to appreciate to me than they are where it's just like, okay, like I get it. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the downfalls of like being great is that you end up like outliving your greatness or whatever. But um, I don't know. You right? You live long enough, whatever, to see yourself to become the villain or whatever. Right? right, Yeah. Right. Um, great performance, and it's like, look, I love the courtroom scene in the Son of a Woman that I've talked about before, but it's like, it's honestly, it's the it's the fucking shit like the suicide scenes stuff like that that he does like sure is the thing that like blows me away more than anything not the not the meme part of it like of the who was and we talked um, about this goddamn movie enough for uh, my life but but we talked about this with malcolm x as well like when we talked about that movie denzel should have won this fucking award like and there's not much else to say about that Best actress, Emma Thompson wins. Um, was it Catherine Deneau? Um, Mary, Mary I've McDonald. Seen, Mary McDonald. Passion, Passion Fish. Fish is good. It's it's good movie. Okay, it's good. And then Michelle Pfeiffer for Love Field, and Susan I've never Randon seen that movie for Lorenzo's Oil. Lorenzo's um, Oil is fine. Yeah, I did see that when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since. Um, I've never seen the. Uh, what is that? Indo, Indogene, Indogene. I've never seen that movie. You've seen that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, it's fine. Um, how, honestly, how did, here's yeah. here's my my only comment is no idea. So, 
I don't know that I can defend this, but this is my thing is I think maybe Virginia Madsen for Candyman. Um, not that that would ever get nominated, but to me, that's my favorite performance of the year. Gotcha. Um, out of that list, I'm fine with Emma Thompson. I mean, it's a good performance in Howard's End. Okay. Howard's End is one of those movies that, like, I really, I appreciate, but I don't care about. I don't care about it at all. I saw. It's not even, like, it's not even indifference. It's no difference. I don't know. <laughs> right. But, like, I appreciate, like, I understand, I can understand its appeal, and I appreciate it, I guess, for that, so. All right. So, best supporting actor Gene Hacken wins for Unforgiven. Jay Davidson is nominated for The Crying Game. Nicholson for A Few Good Men. Al Pacino for Glengarry Glenn Ross. And David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night. I mean, it's 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 Al Pacino. Right. 100%. Uh, fucking Ricky. I, think, I think it could be Al Pacino, <laughs> Jack Lemmon, Ed Harris, Alan Arkin, Kevin Spacey. I think it could be any of those people. But, but here's the thing i'm perfectly fine with the hackman win because i like that performance from hackman mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so sure you know understood that's a category that i i'm not going to argue and i'm fine with actually fine with every single one of those nominations really there so yeah yeah i mean nicholson gives like one of the most iconic um soliloquies like ever like um yeah i yeah i get it um i i just think there's a notable lack of this year of people not respecting glenn gary glenn ross right well again it's because it's it's stagey you know what i mean yeah. like it's i understand not like nominating what's his face um for best director but um yeah, I don't know. It's I just don't think enough people know about Glengarry Glenn Ross overall, like and and how good that damn movie is. Like, look, women are women are gonna watch it and not care. But it's like any any male I think that like watches Glengarry Glenn Ross is going to love that movie, probably. Like um and I don't think it gets talked about enough, even though you put it on your top five of the 90s three years it, ago. I mean, yeah, it, it deserves to be there, I think. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about Best Supporting Actress? Tomei won that year for My Cousin Vinny, which is That's always... Fine. Yeah. It's and a good performance. Judy Davis for Husbands and Wives. Do you know that movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Woody Allen movie. Okay. That's, um, a, that's a fine performance. Joan Plowright for Enchanted April. Fine performance. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Redgrave is fine. And honestly, probably Miranda Richardson for Damage would be my choice. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to still take hash marks. But um, so you've seen all those movies. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. Okay. Um, I have only seen Howard's End and My Cousin Vinny. No. <laughs> you. Damage isn't like great or anything, but you might enjoy it. It's a psychosexual thriller, I guess, for lack of a better term. Hmm. Um, Louis Mal. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, how do you feel about the screenplays? 
So Crying Game One, Husbands and Wives, Lorenzo's Oil, Passion Fish, and Unforgiven were the um other nominees. It's funny, I thought Passion Fish was an adapted screenplay. It's weird. Uh that's fine. Um John Sales always writes his own shit. I mean like again, Lone I think Star. I think Bob Roberts um I actually think Last of the Mohicans is kind of underrepresented because that's a pretty decent movie. Well, it's adapted, right? Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Um Reservoir Dogs probably mm-hmm. this is like the one place where I think that would have been um an appropriate nomination, but I think we're still a couple years away from that kind of dialogue um being accepted. Uh yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's no Kalis. And um, then adapted screenplay. Yeah. Um Howard's End, and th- those are all fine. The player is fine. Except for it should be Glengarry Glen Ross, right? Right. Um, I don't understand a river runs through it. Um, or the player, necessarily. I mean, the player's fine, but we're son of a woman. Yeah, I put, yeah. um, yeah. for adapted, I guess, uh, definitely, like, I think Last of the Mohicans belongs there. I think Glengarry Glen Ross belongs there. Um. Again, I'm going to be controversial, and I'm going to say Candyman belongs on there too. Right. I don't really believe that, but I just love Candyman. Um. Actually, I think it is a really good adapted screenplay because it takes elements of a very complicated Clive Barker story and makes them relevant to the United States and relevant to like the high mortality rate of black men um, in this country so yeah all right so but i fuck a fuck a son of a woman and fuck a river runs through it not son of a woman i don't even i do mean that though i don't even remember River runs through it honestly that's pit right like young pit yeah i know i saw it like at some point when i was a teenager but all right so i am not even going to front we have been out this for close to two hours um so i am going to clap but i will cut it um so that we can take a break Uh, oh yeah i need to pee really bad yes same here so um so i'm going to clap i will cut the clap so it doesn't destroy your ears but we'll be back with the last two years of this list shortly okay and we're back we are moving on to the 66th annual academy awards these are the movies of 1993 um the best picture winner for that year frank was schindler's list the other nominees were the fugitive in the name of the father the piano and the remains of the day so what do you think about this overall Mm, i'm fine with all these movies like i guess in theory except for the fugitive um Mm -hmm. i'm not a I don't really understand like fugitive is a good movie um but is it better than i don't know like a dozen other movies that came out that year probably not sure i don't understand how like hanks gets nominated for philadelphia and philadelphia is not nominated in place of the fugitive right like yeah there's plenty of other movies from that year too that are um like what so 
like Water for Chocolate, not nominated. Mm. Um, Joy Luck Club, not nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you, you know my feelings on it, but Dazed and Confused not being nominated, especially when um, like it's become such a I don't know, sure, like popular, whatever, like yeah, it's one of those cultural, cultural yeah, sure. yeah. Um, really surprising that Shortcuts is not nominated, especially because the player received so many nominations a couple years before. Um, and honestly, like if you're gonna nominate something like uh, Fugitive, why not nominate Tombstone? You know what I mean? Which has, in my opinion, better performances and is overall a better movie, and is not necessarily represented at all right tombstone right i don't think so yeah yeah and there's other small things like it's kind of surprising much ado about nothing doesn't get nominated here um just because you know the academy loves Mm -hmm. shakespeare um there's a movie from this year called the wide sargasso sea that's like an erotic erotic thriller it was another nc-17 um casualty i think i believe that if uh it wasn't nc-17 i think it probably would have gotten some nominations um but it's a really good movie um to go back to your beauty and the beast comment uh this year my neighbor totoro comes out and Mm -hmm. in my opinion a much better movie than beauty and the beast and Mm -hmm. maybe something where i could honestly even argue that that is like could be considered the best movie Mm -hmm. um but also a foreign film and you know i don't think it was even they though there's a dub version like those this time yeah yeah there's other small things too that i don't know if they're necessarily best picture quality but they still are good movies um like uh menace of society and poetic justice and uh searching for bobby fisher all this year um true romances this year um and a movie that was a movie that i like obviously loved um at the time so right yeah um some other movies that i thought were good that came out this year were carlito's way is a good movie i don't know if it needs to be nominated for best picture but it's a good movie um and other movies i like from this year is bronx tale i really liked a lot i forgot to mention bronx Tale. yes um I actually really like A Perfect World a lot, which is a Costner vehicle that's mm-hmm. a little bit more indie. And um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape is another movie that I really like a lot, like out of this year. Um, again, I don't know if any of those deserve to be put up for Best Picture, but it feels really excessive to nominate The Piano and Read the Remains of the Day. They feel like the same category to me. And yeah, I agree that The Fugitive is just a decent thriller that doesn't really need to be a best picture nominee necessarily right i agree with that so are you like okay with schindler's list winning this i understand it completely um schindler's list is a good movie and this is before the glut of world war ii themed movies and i don't even know if you necessarily can consider this in the same class as like those other um world war ii movies uh schindler's is a really powerful film sure. and it's it's buoyed by 
two pretty amazing performances with uh, Neeson and and Fines. So, yeah. So this is again like something that I ended up watching because of I think Leonard Malden um, at the time, and my mom and I watched it. Then, in the name of the Father, is a really good fucking movie. Yeah, definitely. And 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 I could honestly, if it weren't for the power of Schindler's List. I could see that potentially being like the movie that's the best movie of that year. Yeah. Um it's it's the best performance of that year, not to skip ahead, but sure. Sure. Agreed. Um I mean I, I could potentially argue it's best like best actor performance, um best supporting actor performance and best supporting actress performance potentially that year. But um but yeah, I I've I've seen it twice. I saw it once, like right around this time, like, and then I like in '94 at some point, like the year after when it came out on VHS, and I saw it, like once after that. And I think it's a really compelling movie that um I think is forgotten time to some degree because it's what Irish, like, yeah. and you know it, it just like doesn't get as much notoriety as as it should. Um, I'm fine with Schindler's List winning, but um, I think in the name of the Father is a really good movie that if people haven't watched it, they, they should. Um, it's a really, it is really good movie. Yeah. Um, so are you similarly okay with Spielberg winning Best Director? Who he sure. was, he won. Sheridan for the Name of the Father was nominated. Campion for the Piano was nominated. James Ivory for the Rings of the Day, and Robert Altman for Shortcuts. So. You're okay with Spielberg? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think it's funny that Altman gets nominated for Shortcuts, but Shortcuts doesn't get nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the Merchant Ivory stuff to me is, um, it's almost like cheating. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the piano in the ring. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you hate the piano, right? No, the piano is fine. Okay. The Piano is a better movie than Remains of the Day. Okay. Um, I love Holly Hunter. Come on. Well, yeah, but you hate Harvey Keitel. Yeah, but you know, he's okay. In, <laughs> in some things. I, I mean, look, I, I actually forgot to bring it up um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, well, two, you know, years ago in terms of our this podcast that we're doing right now. Um he's fine and bad lieutenant it's also like, that's two years ago but yeah probably you know his in my opinion maybe his best performance mm-hmm. like as yeah. a leading role right um that's another movie that because of its you know shocking like subject matter and nature just kind of got ignored um but that's a really great performance yeah all right so best actor tom hanks wins this year for philadelphia um daniel day lewis nominee for the name of the father Lawrence fishburne is nominated for what's love got to do with it anthony hopkins for remains of the day and liam neeson for schindler's list what do you think about these um i understand the hanks win but i think that daniel day lewis is the better choice mm-hmm. um i would actually argue that Lawrence fishburne probably a better choice than tom hanks just in terms of overall sure um you know playing ike turner and what's love got to do with it mm-hmm. um but daniel day lewis is like absolutely in my opinion the the right choice in that category but i also understand 
what they were trying to do, you know, from a social perspective with the the Hanks win. So, yeah, I um, yeah, my note on this was this is my first annual Day Lewis movie, and I'll die on this hill that he deserved this this award. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, best actors Holly Hunter wins for the piano Angela Bassett is nominated for what's love got to do with this soccer chanting for six degrees of separation Emma Thompson for the remains of the day and Deborah Winger for the shadow for Shadowlands um, I've never seen Shadowlands so I don't really know um, it's a really good Holly Hunter performance uh, I don't know if there's anything I put over that um, I think again. I think Angela Bassett is pretty amazing as Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with Holly Hunter there. Yeah, it's kind of like a blah list. Um, I don't like the piano that much myself. Um, that would still probably be my pick because i really like holly hunter in that but i've also like you never seen my my uh 80s girl deborah winger in shadowlands so yeah i've never seen shadowlands um i'm trying to think do you even know what shadowlands is yeah yeah well yeah okay i'm right it's um based on a play okay um it's about c.s lewis i'm sure right yeah 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 okay but um, I've never, I, I've never seen the movie. Gotcha. Oh, it's good old Anthony Hoffman's again. Okay. Uh, oh shit! I have seen that movie. Mm. <laughs> I never, I, I haven't seen the whole movie, so it doesn't count. But I Richard, watched like, Richard Attenborough directed it. Yeah. Oh. That's fascinating. Um, interesting. Hmm. So, uh, supporting actor. Um, yeah. I understand Tommy Lee Jones, like the love for that performance. I don't think that it's deserving of that award. It's not. Here's the thing. And I talked about you very briefly on this before the podcast. Like, nobody had ever seen Tommy Lee Jones before this performance. This is the standard Tommy Lee Jones performance. He has some really good lines that he's given in the screenplay. And because he's Tommy Lee Jones and he has like his grumpy fucking attitude throughout and he can deliver those lines well because he's a good actor, like people freaked out over this like supporting role performance as Gerard. Um, It doesn't deserve an Oscar whatsoever. But it's a good performance. It's a good role. All four of the other nominees on this list are better performances. Yes. Um than Tommy Lee Jones. So mm-hmm. DiCaprio as Arnie Grape, uh Ray Fiennes um as Amon Goth, mm-hmm. uh Malkovich in, in the Line of Fire and Pete Postlewaite in in the name of the father are all better. And I would argue um uh Christopher Walken in True Romance is a better supporting performance. Mm-hmm. Um I think that um uh what's his name? Um be pretty cool if you did. Uh fuck. Why can't I think of that actor's name? Be cooler if you did. Come on, help me out. Fucking um true true er, fuck. 
<laughs> I wish I could help you right now. Like, I don't even, like... Matthew McConaughey in um, Dazed and Confused, I think, is oh, better than... That's that's your shit. Didn't I you love just that reference movie. Dazed and Confused? Oh, okay, you did. It was still this... You know what actually I think is a really underrated movie this year, and I it's it's one of those things where it's number one, it's a comedy, and number two, it's just kind of a feel good comedy. Mm-hmm. But I really like Dave a lot. Really? Yeah, Dave is one of my favorite like '90s comedies. Interesting. Um, and Groundhog Day is this year, and I think you know Murray not being nominated, but again because it's a right. So, I think out of this list, I think it's DiCaprio. Like, and DiCaprio just edging out possible swipe in the name of the father. It's funny you say that because I um I would lean towards uh, Ray Fiennes in mm. in that role. Um, I See, think, I, yeah, I get you. But uh, so to, to me, it's it's fine, Spasolite, and then DiCaprio. Mm. I know that you really like that DiCaprio performance, and I think it's really impressive considering he was like whatever, right? A child at the time, but um, I think that 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 Ray Fiennes and Schindler's List is just a really um powerful performance. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like it's probably like my maybe my most controversial opinion is like I just think Schindler's List is fine. I think it's a good movie. That's it's an it. important movie. It's an important movie, absolutely. Right. I just think it's a good movie. Like, I mean, I think a movie being as an a important watching movie, experience, like, it's like, okay, so hold on, let's play this game. I invite you over to watch The Fugitive, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Schindler's List. In the line of fire, in the name of the Father. Which one of those are you coming over for? No drinks. In the line of fire. Really? I hate yeah. that movie so much. Um, I really dislike that movie. I, I think Malkovich is really good in it, but I hate that movie. And I can say that because I watched it two years ago, like the very beginning of COVID, and I really disliked mm. it. Um. Yeah, I I don't see anything else on here. Oh, I would add Sean Penn. As surprising as that may be, because I don't like Sean Penn, I would add Sean Penn somewhere, possibly on that list for Carlito's way. Mm. Not a fan of Carlito's way, so. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike Carlito's way. I just don't think it's anything special. Yeah, it's 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 my linchpin to why like um Pacino has the world title for actors between the years of um ninety two to ninety three. Like is because Pacino has just so you understand, the world title is this like concept that I like keep pushing that nobody buys into really. Um I said um, we could do it. <laughs> You never fleshed it out enough. Is this concept where I uh, uh, is an old uh, what was it? Grantland concept? Um, right. Whereas, like, who's the world champion? Like, 
throughout like a certain number of years through their performance and they were using sports um obviously but i i think the the idea is very interesting for actors and actresses as well and like pacino has son of a woman and glengarry in the same year and then does carlito's way and there's something else that like Chino does i guess he does dick tracy the year before and mm-hmm. um godfather three and it's like i don't know if i would count those two but it's like pacino i think from 92 93 is firmly like the world title holder in, in my in my estimation um there's an argument for hanks taking it over i think from 93 to 94 um funny that you somehow have now pushed this concept to where we've actually had to do it <laughs> I ain't, I I am not engaging. Um someday I'm gonna just keep pushing it like in ten years from now, like it'll happen. Um how do you feel about Anna Paquin in the piano? So she's she wins, Holly Hunter for the for the firm is nominated, um, Rosie Perez for Fearless is nominated, Winona Ryder for the Age of Innocence is nominated, and Emma Thompson for In the Name of the Father is nominated. So how do you feel about Paquin winning that for the piano? Um, I think Emma Thompson is the actual choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's fine that Anna Paquin won because it's a really impressive um performance by a like really young actress. Because what is she like? 12 or something when she makes She's this really movie young, yeah. yeah yeah so um and it's a really great performance i mean the piano is a pretty pretty powerful movie um not really something that i want to ever care to watch again necessarily but you know paquin is pretty fantastic in it so yeah yeah um screenplays what do you think mm. oh look got, Dave nominated. got nominated right mm-hmm. there you go uh justified or vindicated or something um out of those nominees sure the piano i'm not a fan of sleep yeah uh let me see how do you feel about original how do you feel about um you've got mail no fuck that movie come on do you think sleepless in seattle is better yes okay you you got mail is a shameless fucking nostalgia grab to try and like do you think when harry meant sally or sleepless in seattle is better oh harry meant sally really that's surprising because yeah. i think you that you hate billy crystal so yeah <laughs> it's true not as much as i hate martin short um but so Hold on. I, uh, is martin short and sleepless in seattle I don't know, but I hate him. What? <laughs> He's like your favorite side character in um, Arrested. Yeah, but that's not a movie. I hate okay. him in, in feature films. How's that? In like in airspace? Yes. Huh. God damn okay. interspace. Granted. All right. So, 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 so listen. <laughs> I'm actually really happy that Dave was nominated here. I didn't notice that in the first place. Dave is a really good movie. And if you've never seen Dave, it's it's disposable but it's a very enjoyable um it's enjoyable i agree with that yeah yep but groundhog day is a better original screenplay um i think menace and poetic justice are both better original screenplays 
Actually, Poetic Justice might be an adapted screenplay. Um, I think True Romance is a much better original screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's at least that that should be on there. Uh, I really don't understand In the Line of Fire and Sleepless in Seattle. I think that's like a bone for Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. And then adapted screenplay. Um, I really like Remains of the Day. I, I I really love that novel, and I think that's a really good um uh a really good adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fine with Schindler's List. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think Philadelphia is a really powerful movie, but doesn't really get like it's due to me um so i wouldn't put it as best picture necessarily i think as best original screenplay it makes sense to me um personally um uh i think antonio baderas is really underrated in that movie as well um myself and denzel like i don't know how denzel didn't get like fucking nominated this year either um it's crazy like denzel actually is like a another like key contender like for world champion but um i don't really know like i really like in name the father but schindler's list is fine like sure makes sense to me all right let's do it (laughs) the main event Um, i guess so it is the main event right Um, this is like a fucking wwe pay-per-view like six (laughs) hours in right um so i want to do i want to do this a little different i want to do two things different frank um with this is i want to go in reverse order okay um first of all and 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 second what are the other movies that you have for this year this is the movies in 1994, the 67th Academy, Annual Academy Awards. What are the movies that you have this year that aren't represented in some way? In some way, okay. Now, so I got to flip back and forth because I don't know. Yeah, I just said I, I just did. I usually just do the ones that I would think of as being like in some capacity best picture. So if one of these is somewhere on there, just let me know. Um, Senna Green Papaya. Uh, which is a Vietnamese movie that's really good. Uh, okay. Naked, um, The Hudsucker Proxy, uh, Red, Rock, Red Rock West, um, Crooklyn, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues, Barcelona, mm-hmm. Eat Drink Man Woman, um, The Last Seduction, Heavenly Creatures, um, and Death mm-hmm. and the Maiden, and uh, The mm-hmm. Professional, Leon. All mm-hmm. are, I think, good choices yeah 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 uh, it, it 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 is a stacked year it is a, it is maybe one of the more ridiculous years ever in film and also because of what actually wins these like gets these nominations it's just... sure sure no so i so i'm gonna go in reverse order i want to start with adapted screenplay forrest gump wins Right. The other nominees are Amanda's the King to George, Nobody's Fool, Quiz Show, and Shawshank. Um, what's your thoughts? I mean, it's all trash. Really? <laughs> Adapted? 
sure. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't um, think I, guess, Shaw, I don't think Shawshank is, but I, I mean, guess none of this other stuff is really adapted. Heavenly creatures, maybe because it's based on like real events. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of Shawshank. I mean, whatever. Oh yeah, um, the, 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 tell tell me about it. Tell me all about it, Frank, because this is your I just, opportunity. I just like, think it's a super. It. I think it's a super overrated movie. I think. Uh huh. I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the classic that everyone makes it out to be. I mean, I think. Tell, tell it, me why it's not the number one movie on MDIB as the best movie of all time. That's voted on by like people. <laughs> uh huh. It is. Uh huh. Tell me why it's not. I don't. I don't know what else to say. So, so would you say you're indifferent to Shawshank Redemption? Sure. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. But the thing is, is like I appreciate Shawshank for what it is, and I think it's a fine movie. I just, I agree. I, I'm just fucking with you. I don't point. think I, it's... I agree with you. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a, I, I think it's a very good movie. But I don't think it's like, I think Shawshank is a good movie for people that don't watch a lot of movies. Sure, that's why it's really like held in high esteem mm-hmm. because you see it, and there's nothing wrong with it. Um whatever but it's just like what is it it's just a movie i mean there's nothing it's a good story too and that's part of the thing is that i don't know whatever fuck tim what's his name tim robbins or whatever welcome fuck morgan freeman oh that's um that's sad you you shouldn't say that i know i don't mean it but those i don't mean it I just don't, I just, I don't get the hype, I guess. Yeah. I've never, I've never felt the hype for Shawshank in the same way that other people have. When I first saw it, I thought it was good. Fine. And. (laughs) Oh, no, no, you just put the kiss of death on it, Frank. Fine. Right. Fine is the kiss of death. That means you don't give a fuck at all about that movie. That is, you're, you're trying to like oversell a little bit now at this point um the i fact thought it was a you... good movie when i first saw it and i and now now it's fine well because i've been told for so long how oh, shawshank shawshank so it's a good movie shawshank, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time like no man watch watch something else <laughs> like get yourself an amazon prime subscription and <laughs> you know oh oh frank I love it. Um, one it's of the not re- even the best. It's not even the best prison escape movie. <laughs> oh, this is so one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this year for so long. Um, what's the best prison escape movie of this year? Of this year, I just mean ever. Oh, oh, okay. What, what's the best prison escape movie then? What's your top five prison escape movies? I can't do that right now. What is the one that you're thinking of? The Escape from Alcatraz, better okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you think of uh, fuck, um, god damn it, not Magnificent Seven. Fuck, why can't I think of the name of that movie? That World War Two prison escape movie, and not Hogan's oh. Heroes. <laughs> oh, okay. There, that's all I got. Dirty Dozen. Uh, Dirty, Dirty Dozen. I, I, I knew what you were talking. 
Carrie does in better better prison escape movies. I was trying to Colonel Clink. That's I was trying to make a Colonel Clink. You know what? Um, Controver- controversial opinion. Uh huh. Raising Arizona, better prison escape movie. You hate Raising Arizona. Still better. <laughs> All right, so uh, here. <laughs> Here's my list. I don't mean that. That was a joke. So, I do think what Darabont did with this novella slash short story is really impressive as adapting it. Sure, fine. Um, I never read um, the Forrest Gump novel, but I have a feeling that what Eric Roth did is probably more impressive. Mm-hmm um forest gump novel is not good <laughs> okay i say that with all and i enjoy forest gump as a movie and that book is not a good book so yeah it's actually a really insulting book in a lot of ways and it portrays um people with that are like differently abled or learning disabled in a really bad light in my opinion Gotcha. So it's 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 much better, um, a much better film than it is a book. Gotcha. All right. Um. So yeah, I'm fine with Forrest Gump winning this only because I can imagine like with the just watching that movie, having not read the novel, I can imagine like how hard that must have been to adapt, probably. Um, into what you ended up getting on film. So, best original screenplay. Pulp Fiction wins for that year. The other nominees, right? Other nominees are Bulls Over Broadway from Woody Allen, Four Weddings and a Funeral from Richard Curtis, Heavenly Creatures from Peter Jackson and Francis Walsh, and Red from um, yeah, Christoph Kozlowski. Gloss, yes, thank you. Um, um, it's it's the right choice. I mean, I don't know. If there's any even way to argue that sure um the actually the only other ones bullets over broadway is an amazing uh screenplay yes um really like maybe alan's best um original screenplay for like decades mm-hmm. um four weddings and a funeral is just trite i mean whatever it's just in there because it was popular right um heavenly creatures and red both belong there i think mm-hmm. um I mean, I would argue maybe Red Rock West or Naked actually probably is the thing that belongs in there, although I don't know how much you can really give a mostly improv screenplay like the nod, right. but that's that's the difficult thing, yeah. Um, you gotta give it something. So I mean, if I were to replace that with something, it would either be I agree. All of those things deserve to be there. If I had to replace four weddings and a funeral, and this is fucking tough. Um, Crooklyn? Yeah, you love Crooklyn. I do love Crooklyn. Um, Crooklyn or Natural Born Killers as a screenplay I replace it with. And that would be the one thing Natural Born Killers might get is the original screenplay. Um, potentially. Um, I think Fresh is a really great movie, too. Yeah. From that year. Like, um, but I think that's some performances as opposed to 
necessarily like the the movie or the script. So How Sucker Proxy is a good um good yeah. screenplay. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's hard. It's really like weird when the cones aren't included, at least in some sort of screenplay. But uh, Yeah. All right. Uh supporting actress. Yeah. Goes to Diane Weiss in Bullets Over Broadway. Um, I don't know what Tom and Viv is, so I don't know. Rosemary Harris, whatever, might be fine. Uh-huh. Um, I don't care about the madness of King George, so fuck Helen Mirren. Um, Uma Thurman in Pulp Fiction, probably out of these people, is my choice. Um, uh-huh. Although Jennifer Tilly is really good in Bullets Over Broadway. She is. Um, I don't know. Uh, supporting actress? Hmm. Maybe what's her name from Ed Wood? Um, Juliette Lewis, not Juliette Lewis. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. No, the other one, Arquette. Mm. Um, it's Patricia. Patricia Arquette, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I don't you, know. You, you like Ed Wood? I, I like I Ed Wood, but you like it much more than I do. I think. I don't know. Like, how do you not nominate Natalie Portman here in, um... Leon? Yeah. Yeah. Either for this or for Best Actress. If you're, if you're going to nominate fucking... Anna Paquin Anna pa- yes. and yes. the other child from a couple years ago. hmm Yeah, agreed. I, I I had that listed here. Is I don't know how you don't nominate her. Um... Look, I think the madness of King George is a fine movie for a period piece. I, I I don't dislike it. I think it's like overall for a period piece is good. I think the I think it's carried by Nigel Hawthorne, um, mm. largely. Like and that performance. Helen Mirren, obviously, like when I watch this movie, like back in the 90s like i didn't even know who fucking helen mirren was but like it didn't stand out to me like whatsoever um it was hawthorne that stood out to me so um so yeah like i whatever um is the choice here for supporting actors yeah you yeah. think so oh 100 percent that's interesting. I don't. I don't know if I would go that way. I, I. I would actually go with bullets over Broadway of either Tilly or, or Weist. In my opinion, Mia I really Wallace, like bullets over Broadway though. Like I, I really like bullets over Broadway too. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm saying that I think that Mia Wallace is one of the most iconic female characters of the '90s. Well, well, here's the here's the thing, right? And this is the difficulty of this year: is Pulp Fiction is so fucking iconic now. Is how does it not win? almost everything not everything but almost everything because it was too it was too edgy it was too new like there was no there was no way that movie was winning anything i remember being so disappointed that night too as oh, it would like right lose. right so let's talk about this right like, you tuned into this right like oh we you know it's funny that we didn't start with this this story uh-huh. um I used to watch the Oscars in my room every year and mm-hmm. I would play a game of risk with all five or six colors, how many colors are in risk, um, by myself during the entire Oscar uh 
broadcasts and i did this for probably like six years in a row maybe mm-hmm. and had a tally of like which army like which colors were the winners all the time and i forced myself to play in a way that was um unbiased so i wasn't always like trying to like make yellow win because yellow was always my color and risk um you know like sometimes other colors would win but anyway yeah mm-hmm. but all one color would always do my risk strategy so I watched the Oscars before this one, but because of me and Bledsoe's obsession with Pulp Fiction, this is the one that like I tuned into and I was like really into. And like, so I had specific feelings in 1994 or whatever, 95, about who should win these things. And I have feelings now, like who should win these things. Um, and I think they're slightly different. but. I was really invested in this. This is the David Letterman one, if you remember that. Do you remember this? Like Uma? Yes, Uma, Uma Wait, and Uma Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, you know, any any does any starts doing the the monkey shit from Cabin Boy. Yeah, you want to buy a monkey? These pipes um, are clean. <laughs> right, that movie. Um. So yeah, like I. I was really into this one because of Pulp Fiction and um, yeah so let's move on to the best supporting actor Martin Landau wins for Ed Wood Samuel is nominated for Pulp Fiction Chaz Palminteri for Bulls Over Broadway Paul Schofield for Quiz Show and Gary Sinise for Forrest Gump what do you think about this I mean Paul, Paul Schofield is odd man out here um quiz show is odd man out all the way around quiz show was the very safe easy to like quiz show is a boring fucking movie right again but it's something that can appeal to people that it's not a good movie it's right. it, no, right. it's, 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 it's it's not it's a fine movie right it's fine um quiz show yeah, is so overrated to be on this list i hate fucking quiz show for being on these lists uh, like, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely definitely other male performances from this year that um, uh, you could pull. Okay. Um. Shit. Who's um? Delroy Lindo in Crooklyn, right? Yeah, he's the lead. I think though, right? You think Delroy Lindo's the lead? I mean, the children are the lead, but it's like. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know how they determine those things. That's the problem. But yeah, I can see that. If, if right. Um, see, I'm, I can only really think about, like, I would say maybe uh, Hopper in um, Red Rock West would be a good choice. Um, I like that performance a lot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah i don't know look i'm fine with martin lander winning because i think that as an evocative performance of a real person i think it's pretty amazing um but samuel jackson is is the definite like choice there and i would argue that samuel jackson is actually the lead 
as opposed to giving it to John Travolta. Like, I don't know, like, where that designation comes from, except that Travolta's white. Right. And played fucking whatever the fuck that character's name was. He has, he has 10 minutes more screen time, like, maybe, like, five minutes more screen time. He dies on the toilet, though. <laughs> That's a negative. <laughs> right. The lead, um, lead, lead characters don't die on the toilet. Right. Look, I um, think I think Sinise is better than Landau personally. Yeah, I actually think that Chaz Palminteri is better in Bullets Over I Broadway. Agree. I think Chaz Palminteri is the best part of Bullets Over Broadway. But I think that it's incredibly difficult to play a real person in the way that Martin Landau portrayed Bella Lugosi and did so in a way where you actually sure. did at times feel like you're looking at Bella Lugosi. Sure. I think it's a Lifetime Achievement Award, though. Pull the strings. I, I, God, we, someday we need to do Ed Wood. Um, like the three, the three most pivotal Ed Wood movies. Um, but, this actress is the category that's the biggest travesty. Hold on a second. I just want to say, I think Robert Downey Jr. probably deserves to be on that list in some way for Best Supporting Actor for Natural Born Killers. He, yeah, he replaces Schofield on that list. Um, Downey Jr. is really good in that movie. All right. So, Best Actress you want to go to? Yeah, man. This is a terrible fucking list. First of all, here's the elephant in the goddamn room. Okay. Nell. What's the problem? How to check a bay. I mean, it's like. What's wrong? It's just, it's a really bad choice. A really bad choice. And it's a terrible movie. I mean, if, if you feel like listening and like, giving up some of your life we did a watch along to Dell. we did and mocked it incessantly like there is not anything good about that movie and they nominated jodie foster because it was jodie foster and sure. it's three years after silence of the lambs or four right. years or whatever so it's 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 episode 71 if you want to go back and listen it was one of the few movies that me frank friends of the podcast Michael Bledsoe and Orion will make her never seen before. So we decided to watch it. And um yeah, you can you can go listen to that and we yeah, we make fun of it. So um yeah, Nell's a terrible fucking choice. Like, <laughs> it's laughable having watched it a couple years ago. But like, even beyond that, mm-hmm. Jessica Lang for Blue Sky, Tom this fucking mm-hmm. Tommy Bibb movie. Hold on a second. You've seen Blue Sky? What? You've seen no. Blue Sky? No, I don't know that movie. Oh, that movie's uh, that movie's okay. It's fine. Jessica Lange's fucking amazing in that movie, Frank. You you should watch that just for Jessica Lange's performance. Eh. Best, best performance of her life, Frank. Are you being sarcastic? I am not at all. Don't try and make like, me watch some trite-ass movie. No, no, no. It's, look, the movie's not great, but like Jessica Lange is really fucking good in that movie. I'm not lying to you. God damn it. I keep all. trying to click the links in your fucking Word document. It's not doing me any good. Um, you all right, well, let's hit, move past hit, that. Because you got to hit control. I'm on my phone. I ain't hitting control shit. <laughs> I know, Frank. 
Um, Little Women is whatever. I don't know. That wouldn't ride her performance is fine, I suppose. But yeah, it also doesn't better, belong yeah. there. And the fucking client, fuck you. And fuck Susan Sarandon anyway. Susan Sarandon being the client being nominated for anything is a fucking awful travesty. Awful. So who I mean, fucking, been, who else should have been nominated this year? I, at least Linda Fiorentino for her um, last seduction. And right. I honestly think that um, Natalie Portman for Leon mm-hmm. and um, Winslet for uh, Heavenly Creatures. I mean, there's three that you can or, or, people with. Or Melanie Zlinski, like, for that movie as well. Like, I mean, like, you could you could make the same argument. Like, yeah, like. I like Kate Winslet more in it, but yeah. I, I agree. I mean, sure. Look, Sigourney Weaver that year? Oh, for Death and the Maiden? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> like, I know I like that movie more than you do, but it's like, Sigourney Weaver is fucking amazing in that movie. I would argue, if she qualifies for Best Actress, I would argue Alfred Woodard for Crooklyn. I sure, but definitely not the people that are on here. Yes, although I guess now I got to go watch this goddamn Blue Sky movie. Blue Sky, Blue Sky's good. Hey there, Mister Blue, it's so great to be with you. Um, uh, all right, so actor, um, Hanks for Forrest Gump, Freeman for Shawshank, uh, Hawthorne for Madness of King George, Paul Newman for Nobody's Fool. Fuck that, and John Travolta <laughs> for Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Um, Hanks, Freeman, Hawthorne, fine. Uh, Travolta's the best performance out of those four. Fucking the <laughs> fact that David Thewlis nah. is not nominated, yes, for that. his performance in Naked is that's the performance of the year and one of the best performances of the decade. And yes, crazy that like it just got completely overlooked and i think it's because he's such an unlikable character really sure but that's what makes it such a powerful powerful performance like if you're a fan of harry potter and you know fucking lupin or whatever um you need to go watch naked um and then go watch harry potter again and see how you feel about david zulis look out of the out of i'm gonna be honest out of these nominees this is the one thing i would give to fucking forrest gump this is the one thing I would give to it is I would give Hanks best actor, I guess. But it's such a, it's 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 a great performance. You're right. I just I think Travolta's better as Vinny Vega, and I definitely think that David Thewlis is 100 percent like the best performance there. So yes, I of agree. the year, I, I agree with you absolutely. It is a like I don't think I've ever used this term before on the podcast. It is a tour de force performance that when you made me watch this movie like 20 years ago or so like it is absolutely phenomenal like i was captivated like and i don't even know if it's a great movie i'll be honest like you know like (laughs) i like it's a good movie i enjoyed watching it like i was interested and engaged in watching it happen but it mostly is because of thulis and that performance like thulis is without a doubt the the top performer of this year with i think hanks as a second to that and travolta as a close third um i think it's a really difficult to play that force gun character i really do 
um, and make him likable and like there's so many things I could say about the Forrest Gump performance, but it's like I think he makes him likable yet at times off-putting but always sympathetic and I think Hanks like just nails that performance but Thulis just carries you through fucking naked like by force of that performance and it is very much a stage performance and he just fucking just like forces you to like just take that character and it's amazing um absolutely agree with you Thulis is the best actor of that year and from a mainstream perspective I think I think it's Hanks even if you think it's Travolta I think Travolta is a close third for that year but I I understand like completely I think Hawthorne's really good I think Newman's the one that's the, the odd man out here out of everybody um I saw oh, yeah. Nobody's Fool I've seen it twice in my life I don't like Nobody's Fool um at all like at all like I I think it's a lifetime achievement award at that point um all right best director Zemeckis wins Woody Allen for Bullets of Broadway Tarantino for Pulp Fiction Radford for Quiz Show and Zalowski for Red is are nominated. What do you think? What do you think? Then? Hold on. What do you think then? And what do you think now? Uh, then I was super angry that Tarantino didn't win. Sure, because I was sure that he was going to. Right. Um, because again, I agree that the best part of Forrest Gump are the performances. It's not necessarily anything to do with Zemeckis's direction. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel the same way about Bullets Over Broadway. I think it's more of a the cast of that movie that makes it good. Not sure. necessarily anything Wendy Allen's doing. Um, fuck Quiz Show. Uh, I mean, Kozlowski, I don't know. It's hard to argue against Red, too, because that's a great movie. It is a good movie, yeah. A great uh, movie. The bro- like, there's so many good movies that year, though, because you've got, you know, um, Luke Besson with Leon and John Dahl with um, uh, Red Rock West and um, the Coen Brothers with the Hudsucker Proxy. Um, uh, what's his name? Mike Mike Figgis with a uh, Naked um, Figgis, whatever, however you say it. There's also stuff like John Waters does Serial Mom, um, mm. which is a great performance by Kathleen Turner. We didn't even mention that during the act. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and it's a really good movie, but it's like this is before John Waters was, I think, socially acceptable to laud as being a good director. Um, yeah, he only had a crybaby before that point, right? So that people could accept, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Poly- polyester? Isn't polyester? No, I guess it's later. Nobody's accepting polyester. It's fine. It's gonna be <laughs> um honestly and again like i know that you always say um well frank you like it better than i do but like not nominating burton for ed wood i mean that's kind of crazy too because that's agreed agreed probably the best thing is depth's performance in burton's direction and landau of course but yeah 
Sure. Um, but Pulp Fiction is... He, sh- he sure replaced Robert Redford. Tarantino directing Pulp Fiction is absolutely the choice that should have won this year. And it just shows the lack of courage that um, the yeah. Academy has to make daring choices that maybe they've kind of come away from in the past few years. Although now I think they err more on the other side where mm-hmm. they're trying to be too yes. shocking with their choices as opposed to just being... um. Agreed. you know whatever agreed and then uh best picture forrest gump i mean pulp fiction is the best picture of that year i wouldn't put four weddings and a funeral or quiz show on there i mean i would replace those with um naked hmm. naked and either ed wood or heavenly creatures i think or maybe both um but Pulp Fiction is the best movie of the year. I mean, that's for as for as influential as it was, and as much as like it's sort of transcended. You know, number one, like it announced more so than Reservoir Dogs. You know, Quentin Tarantino as a force in yes. terms of like modern direction. Yeah, which has continued to this day, and also um, just the fact that it's the staying power that it has. Like, yeah it still is impactful (laughs) and like impactful and um, daring and interesting and like imminently well-conceived like today, you know. What what reference does that movie make that is dated? Right, well that's the thing is that that, that's that's the brilliance of Tarantino Mm -hmm. is that he's where other people will take like the retro kitsch of the 60s and 70s and go overboard with it um where it's so obvious what the referential part is it if you watch a lot of movies um i think you definitely can pick up references in all of tarantino's stuff like you understand like where he's cribbing from in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um but he does it in such a seamless way that like you don't ever feel like you're being forced into a specific decade or era and most of the time that works really well i mean in pulp fiction definitely because it seamlessly blends stuff from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and 80s and you know it's it's very timeless and then when it doesn't work in stuff like um, Inglorious Bastards, where it just becomes like so obvious that it's set in a specific time period, and that they're trying to whatever he's trying to be too coy almost with the way that he's like presenting the music and whatever. Um, I don't like those, but like Pulp Fiction is, I think, the best example of him being in complete control of being reverential and being nostalgic and still being um forward thinking and innovative if that makes sense so yeah it does it absolutely does i i have it as pulp fiction the 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 thing i would i would replace quiz show with it, it is so difficult like for best picture i would replace quiz show with naked and i replace four weddings with natural born killers i think um see i 
so let's finish this podcast with this conversation because I am never putting this movie on a on a list. Do you hate it or are you indifferent to it? I'm neither. <laughs> I I tried to get you. Sorry. I loathe natural born killers today. Oh. Okay. I don't even hate it. Like, I think Natural Born Killers is maybe one of my least favorite movies of all time in terms of moving on the time on the line from really loving that movie to just finding nothing good about it. Like, I think it's I think it's the most dated, hackneyed, obvious fucking fedora neckbeard hipster bullshit. That, like, when you're 17, I think I was 17 when I saw Natural Born Killers, probably, if it's 94, where I was like, oh, man, this movie's so great. No, it's so cool, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, as an adult, it's like, grow the fuck up, Oliver Stone. Like, what the hell? Like, it's it's so... I have not watched well, it since, just so you know, understand, I haven't watched it since 2002, roughly around there. Like, so I was, like, 22 the last time I watched it, and I thought it was good. Where in 1994, I thought it was amazing when I was 14. So I have not watched it in, oh shit, 20 years now, almost. Okay, so, so, but that, so it's memory that I'm basing this off of, but sorry, continue. Well, this is my point, is that you are, I walked out of Natural Born Killers feeling energized and excited and edgy you know but it's like it's fake like there's nothing real about what he's doing in natural born killers and it's so obvious it's like oh my god the media like fabricates controversy for ratings like or oh man like the disintegration of whatever and I'm not saying that I believe this, but the point of the movie is the disintegration of the American family is causing like kids to grow up bad and crazy. Like, <gasps> I, like shut, 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 shut the fuck up. I don't know. I just yeah, is that what that? I don't know. If that's the statement that movie's making. It is. It's saying that. It was, I mean, it's early in the movie, but it's saying that. Um, or maybe like the disintegration of the myth of the standard like nuclear family i think it's more complex it's not that complex it's doing all these things that everybody knows are bad in society and like trying to shock you into thinking i don't know whatever it's fucking i I think i i think like fuck here's my problem with like what you're talking about there is that i think lynch does it two years earlier in fire walk with me of doing it and doing it realistically as opposed to as opposed to like fucking oliver stone trying to do it and play it as a sitcom by having a laugh track behind the whole thing of the fucking molester father um because he's not confident enough in his own self and his own movie to like be able to like actually like do that in a in a way that like you know wouldn't garner some sort of negative tension 
um where lynch just plays it straight and it is one of the most horrifying like sequence like a couple of sequences i've ever seen in the movie and firewalk with me i think stone is a bitch and i think lynch like actually like fucking nails it so of the disintegration of the nuclear family like, in a really realistic way i don't want to write fucking natural more killers you ain't never get on a new list and if you put it on the movies that Chris loves and Frank hates, I ain't watching it. So that's so sad. You're such a poor sport, Frank. I'm not a poor sport. <laughs> you are. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> I watch all I watch, your other bullshit. I watch everything that you fucking for how many podcasts? Look, I, here's, here's the problem though: is I don't love it. I've seen it enough. We want to talk about. You want to talk about the mescaline scene out in the fucking desert, the goddamn yeah. fucking rattlesnake bites. You want to talk about the animated sequence, so edgy. You want to talk about the fucking portrayal of like the Geraldo style character and Robert Downey Jr. and how the media like blow things, blows things out of proportion. Oh man, like what, what a concept. Maybe, if anything, we need Natural Born Killers more today than we did then, because I think people have lost sight of those things. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I still don't like it. I just think it's overblown trash. It's like the whole the whole movie is just emulating an MTV video for shock value, and it's just it's not. I don't know. It's whatever. Doesn't belong on no best picture of anything. Let me let me let me tell you my my hot take out of this year is I don't think Ed Wood's all that amazing except for Martin Lando. I think it's fine. He is so I just think taste. it's fine. I, I I I don't I don't I think Depp's hamming it up. Like you only anyone, say that um yeah, but he's playing a a ham. He's playing a character that would not be sympathetic if it was played straight in 1994. What do you think about that? Hmm? What I, th- I I think Tim Burton has a couple good movies, and he's a f- and and overall right. You were trying to push Edward Scissorhands on me earlier, man. Get the fuck out of here. I think Edward Scissorhands is better than like as a, as a, as a creative concept directorially than yeah, Wood is. Then it, it's I agree with that. That's all I was trying to push was Ed Wood or Tim Burton as a director for for Edward Scissorhands. That, that's all I was trying to push. That's it. I know I I think I think Tim Burton's best movie is um Big Fish. Sure. Okay. And then the next movie is Batman. And then the next movie is nothing. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um nah, you don't mean that. I don't. You don't yeah, but you don't I like don't. Beetlejuice. Uh, no, I I do like Beetlejuice. I reference Beetlejuice uh, I when we were talking about Winona Ryder. Um, he likes highest in home. I am referencing Beetlejuice. I do I do like Beetlejuice. I and I'm I'm excited to see Michael Keaton. Are you excited to see Michael Keaton reprise Beetlejuice? Yes. Yeah, I am too. Here's the thing with Tim Burton is Tim Burton is very much like natural born killers. Like he's somebody that 
time was really really cool uh, in your in your youth and then doesn't necessarily hold up in your later life right and it's completely lost the the narrative of the world <laughs> yes because right um it's because like that uh kevin smith like a uh, story about like how he just imagines like tim burton sitting in a corner in the dark like you know like with his hands over his head like you know um i don't think there's any truer story uh, about a feeling about tim burton than that kevin smith story um with all my problems with kevin smith i think that's probably pretty accurate about like how tim burton probably actually is figuratively um all right so we are now probably through our jesus three hour podcast on yeah the, i guess it's been about on the, that long. on the on the on the first half of the 90s so what i'm interested in doing in two years frank from now is um the second half of the 90s which which features titanic as a best picture winner mm. and crash which, probably right right um that's in the 2000s um that's like 2004 i think if I remember correctly that was the year we watched everything um but yeah so um and the most watched oscars of all time is the titanic one so i want to finish out the 90s in 2024 that's okay that's fine i finished them up you know like 22 years ago but we can always go back and revisit (laughs) all right well frank this was just a free-flowing conversation i enjoy talking to you about all of this um i disagree with you on some things um i think you're bitter um i'm bitter certain certain things i think you're bitter about natural born killers maybe yeah what else it's shawshank send it send a woman i i I, I, no i think you're bitter about shawshank in some way i just just, look i've explained myself (laughs) don't make me explain myself again um I think I I, and I I think there are some movies that you that you that you underrate sometimes, like because um, you haven't seen them in a long time, probably. Um, but anyway, total count six movies that you acknowledged you hadn't seen, okay. um, and I I took count of my movies and it's actually thirteen. <laughs> so, That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I watched a lot of these movies during the time, so. Um, um but yeah only six movies out of like everything that was listed on all of these fucking years you hadn't seen so yeah um that's pretty impressive Uh, i'm a real winner (laughs) why 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 are you doubting yourself why i'm not i'm just it was a joke it's fine it's not it's it's both a joke and not a joke i understand um all right so um tune in um march of 2024 and we will finish off the oscars of the 90s thank you for listening if you've stuck around this long and um have a good okay next week for the best horror of 1973 two three
three, two, two, two. 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 You're you already in, some, are you, you already know. into the three list? The oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't live that far in the future, buddy. Only me. Um, okay. So yeah, seventy-two list. Um, and then we'll be back. Um, uh, we'll take a break, and then we'll be back with the um top five paranoid thrillers of all time and the top five horror remakes that are as good as the original and then we'll be back with the 73 list so um in april so thank you all for listening have a good night okay cool have a good night